So welcome back to the BOS podcasts. And um, today we have Bayman Deep Singh on. Uh, VG's been on a few times in the past. Uh, last one's for 1984, just a general overview of 1984. And before that was for Goddore and committees. Why? <laughs> so I think it's great because VG definitely does touch upon topics that a lot of people want to know more about and can be quite controversial in some aspects as well. And I guess a very current topics as well, you could say with those um two topics that we've already covered. And today is another big topic as well, very current. It's been current for a long time, but I guess this has been something that's been escalating mm. for a very long time. Mm. And um, that is to do around this whole idea of anti-conversion or conversion in one respect, right? And the work that even Bajagadas and he started uh, many years ago, we have the anti-conversion playlist on our basis of Sikhi channel. Uh, so definitely go and check that out. But uh, Mandeep Singh, uh, a quick question for you then. What is the what was the need for you to um relight this candle? What was the need for you to go down this route now of tackling this subject or this topic of conversions and anti-conversions in Sikhi? Yeah, it's a great question. I think there's a few main reasons. If you look at Itihas, this is something that's prevalent throughout where people have forced their opinions, their views, their religions, their traditions, their customs upon us as a bunt. And the resistance that followed. So right from the time of Guru Sahib themselves resisting against the Mughal regime, then going forward to the times of Bandar Singh Bahadur, uh, and then we see Maharaj Anji Singh's rule. But even in the times of the missiles throughout the 1700s, we see many, many shahidiyah, um, especially between the times of 1708, after Guru Gobind Singh Ji departed this world, up until you could say Maharaj Anji Singh Ji's Raju, 1733, when the Nawabi was given to Nawab Kapoor Singh. Um, so those are the times where we hear about the price of a head uh, of a Sikh being 80 rupees and the case of a Sikh being 20 rupees. Mm. So these are things that have always been there just in different forms. Uh, and then going forward, we see the oppression from the British and how they attacked many of our principles within Sikhi in an attempt to make us uh, or to weaken us. Uh, and then we see it going forward with the current Indian government since partition after everything that Sikh's done. And in the diaspora as well, we see it in many different shapes and forms uh, from all different people of all different religions. And it seems as if my theory is that because generally speaking, Guru Sahib has given us so many gone as sick, we're well-mannered, we're respectful, we try not to make things awkward and people have taken advantage of that now, realizing that these Sikhs generally won't speak up even if we say things out of turn, even if we start mm. stepping a line. And it's created a vicious cycle where we've become normalized to it and people from other faiths have become normalized to not expecting any retribution. I think that's quite a dangerous place we're in uh, and something that needs to be changed. 100%. And we'll touch upon these points later on. We've got a whole section on that uh, for the viewers, those that are listening. Uh, but the first thing I guess is that what we're doing today, this first podcast is a, is one of many to come, right? Anji. A whole playlist in itself, uh, Guru Sabji Kirtbaka with the Guru's Grace. So the first question then is that, what is the aim then? What is the aim with this podcast on a smaller level? But also what is the aim of this whole series then on this whole playlist that you want to create then? Yeah, so I think the conception of this idea came from the fact that myself, yourself, many of the the Sangat that we're involved in had started either being um, involved in worrying cases themselves or hearing of family members, friends, things at workplaces, things at schools, etc. And I'd heard from her firsthand from students that I teach at the Gordora about these things. Um, so I think there's a growing concern about the attempt to convert Sikhs 
grooming cases we know has been huge in, in England for many, many years. So what we did was we wanted to get a feel as to what's actually happening, who are causing these things, and potentially what are the reasons for Sikh being targeted. So with Guruji's Kirpa, the Sangat may have sinned that we started or we created a conversion and safeguarding questionnaire just to find out what's happening on the ground. And I guess this project will be a response to those concerns that Sangat have shown us. Mm. Um, and then going forward, hopefully after this introductory context setting podcast, we'll have more detailed podcasts, more spe specific podcasts, mm. and then taking it to the Gurdwari, taking it to the Sangat, hopefully within the summer with um, targeted workshops as to how to one, demystify any doubts that people are putting or trying to plant within our minds Two, how to answer the questions that these uh, extremist preachers are giving us. And three, how to become confident and learn the truth about what the situation is and, and the false lies that are being spread. Mm. So I guess uh, with, with what we just asked and the aim of this podcast is just starting off by diagnosing or identifying what all the issues that we are facing. Yep. And then going forward, we can start to tackle those. And uh, those specific things that you're talking about, right? Yeah. And then I guess the whole um, podcast and this whole series is what you just spoke about now is arming ourselves with knowledge uh, that we can, um, if anybody asks us about Sikhi, we can give them the answer and we can share Sikhi uh, just like our gurus did and yep. gurus have done. That Sikhi is a faith that we share the truth. That was the whole point. That we ourselves connect to Sikhi, recite God's name and we inspire others to do that, right? Spreading Aye. the truth. So maybe a bit more context then because you're, you're talking about this idea of like, you know, you're, you're a teacher, you've taught kids at uh, Sikhi classes as well and maybe other settings. So what are these examples then yeah, that you're so speaking about? I think it'd be best just to go through the responses we got from the from the questionnaire hmm. uh, and then base our discussion off that. Okay. So yeah, we put a questionnaire asking about people and hopefully we're able to share it on the screen uh, or the data will come up with regards to have people ever been talked a question about Sikhi in an intimidating way? If so, uh, tell us about yourself. What are your demographics? Where are you from? How old are you? What's your level of Sikhi? Are you Amritari? So we get an idea as to the individual who's being targeted, but then also who's doing the targeting and what kind of things are they asking? And I'll just share a few things. So the majority of the people that responded uh, were between the ages of 20 uh, and 35, with the, with the majority 30% being 19 to 26. Um, again, just because of our reach, the majority of the respondents were from West Midlands and Birmingham, uh, and 63% were male. Um, most of them, so an overwhelming majority, 60% that they were non-Ambritari, but they had general good idea uh, of Sikhi, which is interesting. We'll come on to that later. Uh, and of everyone that responded, over 60% said that they had faced uh, intimidation regarding questioning upon Sikhi in a rude way. Mm. Now, that's quite alarming to know that most Sikhs that are living in the UK have at some point in their life been targeted in this way. Uh, and I think that's something that we should definitely try to prioritize and and be better at dealing with. Mm. Where does this usually, usually take place? 60% uh, of people said in person. So it's not people are hiding behind screens doing these things. People are coming out of their, making, going out of their way to actually intimidate or try and question or try and cause doubt. And then we asked, who are these people? What religion, what background are they coming from? And we had uh, all different faiths. The overwhelming majority was 50 59, 49% uh, were from a Muslim background or people claiming to be uh, from an Islamic background. 
uh, and then 30% were a mixture. So we mentioned Hindu, uh, Muslim, atheists, and even Christians. So what we can see from the data we've, re we've received is that within the UK in particular, the problem we're facing is intimidation uh, from people trying to convert we're trying to intimidate Sikhs from an Islamic point of view. Mm. And I guess this is something that we may have heard of, but it was interesting to actually see the data behind it. Mm. And when we asked what was the need or what was the aim of these people when they're talking to you, 72% said to us that it was an attempt to prove that Sikh is, is inferior to their religion. Mm. So we see this correlation, this common theme through all of the responses we've got, where it's coming from a majority of Muslims within the UK. And the main aim that people feel is that they're trying to show that Sikhi is not true and Islam is better than Sikhi. Mm -hmm. And I think that's quite worrying. And there's some things that we need to definitely clarify to make sure that people aren't being taken advantage of. Mm. And we can go on later to the questions or the comments that are being made in these spaces. And just to um, touch upon this, because when you first flagged it up to us, like I hadn't really heard of that many cases. But then when you start looking out for it and you start talking to people, there's actually so many cases of this happening just in your own general circles. Yeah. And now that just to highlight the importance of this data, you've got like a couple hundred responses, right? Yeah, we've had uh, just just under 200 people responded. Yeah. That's only been in about two, three weeks. Yeah, exactly. And so that's like hard data we've got that can support this. So it's not something we're just doing out of thin air, right? Yeah. We've got the data here to prove it, that this is a, a really important issue that needs to be tackled. Yep, definitely. Mm. What about when it comes to the younger ages, like those that are in schools as well? Yeah, so with regards to responses, I guess because it's online, we had a very small amount of people that were below 11. Mm. Um, but 11 <laughs> to 15, good. we had four, uh, we had uh, 20 respondents. Mm -hmm. So not a crazy amount. Yeah. Um, but I guess obviously due to their age, they probably didn't access or have exposure to this as, as the older people would have. No, that's fair enough. And I just, because we spoke about this before, and I guess it goes coming back to the point of what was the point of starting this? Because yep. I guess we've known about this for a while, but I'm sure there's some cases that were experienced that we've had personally where yep. we've seen people close to us yep. and they think, whoa, this this happened to you. Uh, so yeah. one example that I had was of a, a, a Guru Sikh that's very close to one of my friends. Yeah. And he said that in his school, um, obviously he's from a Sikh family, so his sister uh, goes to school and she was just saying that it's become a bit of a trend. Yeah. Why? Um, to be a Muslim in school as well, right? That a lot of people are into it. It's become cool. It's a bit of a, a cool thing. And for her, mm. even her sick friends, yep. have kind of joined that that movement. Yep. And uh, when she saw that, I guess, not just following the crowd, right? Yeah. She saw what was special in Sikhi and then that pushed her more towards Sikhi. Okay. And uh, one day she was sitting there in a common room uh, as I have in schools and she was just watching a Basis of Sikhi video. Shout out to Basis of Sikhi. <laughs> plug, plug. <laughs> and uh, her, even her sick friends came up to her, said to why are you watching these videos for? Yeah. Right. So that was something I even said to you, and that kind of triggered you because you had some personal examples as well, right? Yeah. And I think at this point, it is important to pause and say that this podcast is not here to bash any religion. Mm -hmm. um, if someone wants to convert to a different religion, we have no problems with that. Yeah. Uh, we wish them all the best, honestly, mm. due from the bottom of my heart. The problem I have is that when false things are being perpetrated by Sikhi and people are being brainwashed into converting, mm. that's something I have a problem with. If someone wants to convert, you know, we wish you all the best. That's no problem yeah. from whatever religion it might be. Mm. If someone wants to walk a certain path in their life, we have no problems with that. What we have a problem with is people attacking Sikhi in a desperate attempt to undermine our values, mm. confuse people with the attempt to try and get them to follow a certain path. Mm. So I think that's really important to understand. And I know some people might watch this video and say, oh, you guys are against Muslims. We're really not. Guru Sahib Aap 
had many Muslims fight against the Mughals. Bir Budu Shah sacrificed two of his four sons mm. and became Shaheed. So I think that's just really important to get out there in the in even, the offset. Even Guru Sahib built a mosque, right? Yeah, exactly. So with regards to your example, I think one thing that I had two examples. So one is from a student that learned Santia from us. And uh, she's quite confident and with Guru Sahib's Kirpa, she's, she's learned about Sikhi over the recent years and she goes to school within Birmingham and she mentioned that on the playground, there were a lot of uh, kids from a Muslim background going around saying that Guru Nanak Dev Ji is Muslim. And I think the problem is the audacity and the confidence in which they're doing this mm. is really worrying. And when they were called up by their teachers, the response to the teachers was, well, I'm not sorry because I know it's true. So somehow these false lies are being ingrained in in these children or within the the community in general. Uh, and we'll see this from the videos that we've seen. It's just become like a normal thing to say, oh, Guru Nanak Dev Ji is a Muslim. Now, I take that as seriously offensive mm. and seriously rude. If ever, if anyone ever said that to me, to my face, I'd get seriously angry mm. because the equivalent would be saying something about Jesus or saying something about the Prophet Muhammad. Mm. And not, I, I wouldn't want to be disrespectful to them. Mm. But unfortunately, the the level has lowered so much where people think they can just say whatever they want about Guru Sahib or about Sikhi or about our history and just get away with it. And I think in part, it's our problem because we haven't retaliated it with the, the amount of force that should have been. Um, so that was one worrying thing. And another Benji as well, who um, she wears a patka. And when she started working in a hospital again in Birmingham, a lot of the other Muslim women actually thought she was Muslim. So they would, you know, they got friendly with her and stuff. Uh, and after they found out she was a Sikh by looking at Akara, they started questioning her in quite a, in quite a nasty way. Um, asking her things about her religion and you know she's just a normal Benji she didn't have all the answers but she knew that I can see what's going on here and as soon as she stopped um, as soon as she started giving answers back they detached her they they separated her, her they separated themselves from her mm. and literally wouldn't they wouldn't even make eye contact they wouldn't speak to her whereas they were friends before Thank now you. obviously this isn't representative of every Muslim uh, I know many loving loving Muslims are friends that are Muslims mm. but we shouldn't shy away from the fact that this is happening at you know, an alarming rate where mm. the data is telling us and also between ourselves. Um, I remember this started for me when I was a, was a child. I was I was seven years old at a shooting center and I didn't know what Sikhi was then. I didn't know what religion was. I was just there to try and get into a grammar school, right? <laughs> and and the boy next to me at the age of, age of seven turned to me and just said, why aren't you a Muslim? You should become a Muslim. Mm. And ever since then, it's always lingered in my mind. Why did he ask that? What was the need? Mm. Um, and as I've grown up and I guess the data is telling us as well is that Unfortunately, this is a common theme where for some reason, um, some Muslims feel that they have the right to go and intimidate Sikhs to try and convert them. And, as, and we've, seen it in the, we've seen it in our history as well, mm. where Sikhs many a time have given up their lives rather than convert. So, so I, sorry, you go sorry. Can I ask, uh, why do you think it is that Sikhs have got this mindset now where we don't like to speak about these things? Yeah. Or like we're, we're like when you look at a lot of uh, people in lot, uh, other faiths, Muslim, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're very unapologetic in their faith. Yeah, yeah. Without any question, they'll have no doubt. They'll be happy to say, even if it hurts someone's feelings, yeah. in a way, they don't care. They What they believe is what they believe. But with Sikhs, we, for some reason, hesitate. Yeah. And I, I do respect that um, with other faiths, especially the, the, the Muslim community. They're, they're very strong on what they believe. And I, I do have a lot of respect for them in that sense. Uh, and I wish we had more of that. I think there's a few reasons why we're so hesitant to to reply, and it's some, I'll sum it up with with a, a conversation I had with a with a young boy who um, was at the Gordura, and we were talking about this false information about Gurnaid Dev Ji a Muslim, and I said, if uh, if anyone says this to you, this is how you respond to it, and the young man turned around to me and said, oh Mandeep, is isn't the Muslim going to get offended if I say that to him? 
So he's saying, isn't a Muslim going to get offended if I tell him Gurunath Dev Ji wasn't a Muslim? That's how deep it's got. <laughs> that we're scared mm-hmm. to even back our own corner. We're not mm. going out trying to disprove other people's religions. We could if we wanted to, mm. you know? mm. but we're not even getting there. Yeah. It's that sad. And I think there's a few reasons. I think we are, in a sense, we don't like awkwardness. Mm. And maybe it's become from a generational thing where our parents came to this, this country, they grafted, they worked ridiculous hours, and they wanted to blend in for obvious reasons. And we see this, that we're very law-abiding citizens, which we are, and I'm not saying stop breaking laws, <coughs> but what that feeds into the Sikh psyche is that we shouldn't create fuss, or we shouldn't create awkwardness, and we shouldn't create disagreement. Many people think disagreement's a bad thing. Disagreement's not a bad thing. If you're disagreeing with someone in a genuine, in a polite way, there's no need for the other person to get offended. Now, mm. I'm obviously a Sikh because I, I know Sikhi is the best. I know Sikhi is the best chance of me actually making what I need to do in this life. And I'm v- we're very blessed to be born in the house of Guru Nanak Dev Ji. Otherwise, I wouldn't be a Sikh. Mm. So if anyone of any other religion comes to me and asks me about Sikhi, obviously I'm going to disagree with their beliefs. But there's a way you do that, right? And yes, I'd, I'd love to learn about other religions, but it doesn't mean I submit to them. And I think we have this, this Achilles ankle, if you like, Achilles heel, that we feel that we're not allowed to disagree with other people in case they get offended. Mm. Whereas when people disagree with us, we say, oh no, it's okay. We believe all religions are equal. And this nonsense that's come out from somewhere. So where has that come from that all religions are equal? I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. Isn't, I think, I think a there's a punkti that says mm. that, uh, I think Guru Gobind Singh Ji Maharaj says to see God within Wahi Guru within all. Huh? Mm. Now that doesn't mean all religions are equal because if they were equal, then there wouldn't be different religions, right? Now we mm. know for Sikhi, Guru Sahib has told us, Itihas has told us, History has told us, our philosophy has told us that Sikhi is the most direct path to, to, to Wahiguru, to make the most of this life, to merge back with Wahiguru. Mm. That doesn't mean we think other religions are fully false. Mm. Yes, we agree that there's not 100% truth in them, but there will be some elements of truth. Mm. So to try and explain it, we believe Sikhi is 100% the truth. Mm. And Gurbani describes this because Gurbani says, that everyone is bound to making mistakes, mm. saints, prophets, Whoever they are, normal human beings. But who is a pull who cannot make a mistake? Guru and Kartar. Mm. Guru, who is Guru Sahib. Kartar, who is Wahi Guru. That's one of many reasons why we know Sikhi is divine, if you want to call it mm. that. Huh? Um, and we know Guru Nanak Dev Ji, with regards to why Sikhi came, Guru Gobind Singh Ji Maharaj describes this in their bio- autobiography, Bajitra Natak, mm. that first Wahi Guru sent someone, first Wahi Guru sent another prophet, then Wahi Guru sent someone else, then Wahi Guru sent Muhammad. All these people are listed, but they didn't come to do the job that was sent. Mm-hmm. And Guru Gobind Singh themselves specifically say, I can get the bhakti up in a minute. Um, I'll actually get it up now. So yes, in Bichitra Nartak, uh, Guru Gobind Singh says, Maha Upraja, ko kino Raja. So then Wahiguru created Muhammad, who was the master of Arabia. He made a new pant, obviously the, the faith of Islam. Uh, he made all the kings, circumcised them. What did Muhammad do, or the Prophet Muhammad do? Guru Gobind Singh is saying, something Deep Singh or Sukhdeep Singh saying, this is our Guru saying what happened, the situation is that Muhammad got people to attach themselves to him rather than Satanam Kahunadirayo. He didn't get the people to connect to Satanam, the true name of Wahiguru. Mm. And that's why within Pai Guru Dashi's Vara, we hear the need for Guru Nanak Dev Ji to come and mm. start this, this new revolution mm. that um, And the difference for us, 
which is also quite humbling and exciting, is that Waiguru didn't send anyone then, or Aapai, they came themselves. It's like, you know, um, if you need something doing at work, you ask one person to do it, ask someone else to do it, ask someone else to do it. No one does the job, so you think, you know, I'm just going to do it myself. Mm. You can well, imagine so, well, Waiguru did that. Sometimes they'll do it, but they won't do it to the complete level that needs exactly. to Exactly. And right? that's why for us, we know that Guru uh, Devji's path is, is the most direct. And we can talk about instances from people of other faiths also reconfirming that, which we'll finish off with as well. Mm. So just to make it very, very clear for anybody listening, especially a Sikh, uh, in Sikhi, we do not believe that all religions are equal. Yep. But we can understand that Humanity can be equal, yeah. as in that the light of God sits in everyone, yeah. but religions are not equal. So as a Sikh, we wouldn't say, oh, but your religion is equal to us. No, it doesn't make sense. We no. have differences. So how mm. can they be equal, right? Mm. That doesn't mean we, we belittle people for their religion. Yeah, Because Guru Sahib has told us that there is truth, bits of truth, not the full truth, yeah. bits of truth in every religion, which is mm. why there's overlap. Yeah. Because uh, I'll ask you a question. What's three add one? Four. What's two add two? Four. Have you both said the same thing? Yeah. Yes. Said a different way, right? Yeah. Does that mean you're the same people? No. Does it mean your answer is the same? It doesn't, right? <laughs> but the truth is the truth. That's a good question. <laughs> so if I've said it one way, someone else said it the other way, it doesn't mean we're the same thing. This is something that one of the biggest responses we got in the in the safeguarding query was that everyone says Sikhi is an amalgamation of Hinduism and Islam. Mm. Now that makes absolute no sense. Mm. And um, I was listening to a podcast by this lady who who's supposedly a Sikh and converted to Islam, and and she herself said that Sikhi was born from taking a few things from Hinduism, taking a few things from Islam, which is really <laughs> rude and disrespectful. That's not me saying to um, any Abrahamic religion, if I talk about Islam, oh, you're just a part of Ju Ju uh, you're just a part of Juda Judaism and, and Christianity Christian because Islam came last. Mm. Now that's quite rude, right? And I wouldn't say that, but that's the equivalence. So I think this idea that just because you share facts or you share that part of the truth, you're the same is nonsensical because mm. um, that can be used in so many ways and we'll never get anywhere. Mm. It's quite sad that people are stooping to that level and, and we don't have the logic to just counter it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just to even add to that, if you look at Pai Gurudashi's Bani as well, because then we ask her why, why Sikhi is so special, that uh, when Guru Nanak you traveled in the childhood Multan as well, yeah. uh, and the, the peers, the Muslim peers or the saints came out to see Guru Nanak and actually bought like a, you could say like a bowl of milk and it was filled to the top. Which symbolized to Guru Nanak Dev Ji that we have enough, mm. that we don't need anymore. Well, the world has enough, right? The world has enough, or we we don't need any more in this religion. And Guru Sahib, you went to the pocket and they took out some uh, jasmine petals and they just sprinkled it on top. I mean, the reason why Guru Sahib just come and smell anything more beautiful. Mm. And, and Guru Gobind Singh speaks about this as well. Sab ko They've come to put everybody back on the path. Right? And that's something that we should make clear. The reason why Guru Sahib just come, they've come for everybody. Right? So, in that respect, and people say that obviously we're the newest religion in one respect, right? Yeah. But then in one respect, we say that makes us the most authentic then because we've come quite <laughs> recently in that respect. And they've seen, as Guru Gobind is saying, the mistakes that everybody house has made and that the Gurus can't put everybody back on the path because they're all being lost. 100%. And I think even this idea, we'll probably do this in the reaction series about authenticity. It's mm. really sad. Uh, a lot of people are very disrespectful about where Guru Granth Sahib has come from and, and we'll look at this mm. um, but if we compare it to any other faith their scripture has not been written from a primary source mm. Muhammad himself was illiterate and nothing was written nothing was finalized uh, in terms of the Quran uh, whilst he was around so there's you know that's you could argue that's questionable uh, we know about the Vedas and the Gitas uh, the Bible was not written by Jesus but in Sikhi 
is only 500 years ago. And Guru, Guru, first Guru Arjan Dev Ji scribed Guru Granth Sahib Ji and watched over it and even wrote should to say that I have signed and checked this off. And then we know from our history mm-hmm. that Guru Gobind Singh Ji Maharaj compiled the final version mm-hmm. of this Granth called Guru Granth Sahib Ji Maharaj at Dam Dama Sahib. And even that test where Teer Mala, I believe, said that he's not giving the initial uh, version, the Kartar Puri Bir to Guru Gobind Singh Ji, he posed the challenge to Guru Sahib to say, because he was angry and he wanted to be with the Guru, Teer Mala was the elder brother of Guru Arjan Dev Ji, the fifth Guru. He said that if he's truly the Guru, then he should know this already. Mm. And at that point, that created a path for us to see the authenticity that we're talking about today. Yeah. Then as a result, Guru Gobind Singh Ji, over nine months and nine days, Ucharan said the words in Guru Ran Sahib Ji all from memory, which one shows the authenticity and also shows that every Guru, every Guru was the same in that sense. Everything that Guru Gobind Singh Ji wrote and, and said from their mouth lined up exactly with what was written in Kirtar Puribir again, which shows that all the Gurus were the same um, or the same light and each of them were God, were Wahiguru in a different vessel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this case, the scriptures matched up exactly. And we're very blessed. We still have Kartarpur Ibir in Kartarpur, the mm-hmm. first version of this. Uh, the original transcript, which you can actually have darshan of in Kartarpur Sahib, every Vasaki. Uh, and we have many, many different sarups, many, many different versions, uh, many Bhoti Sahib from the Guru's times that have all been looked after, digitalized and cross-referenced. So everything checks out in terms of even from a... Uh, a, pre- a preservation point of view, we can't have, we can't ask for any more evidence. Mm. So just going back 500 years ago, right, uh, to the time of Guru Nandej, and comparing that to now, where in today's world you said that um, now if somebody speaks to us about Sikhi, uh, first of all we we're afraid to defend ourselves, and we are, we're afraid to offend somebody else, and we put our back up against the wall. Yeah. 500 years ago, Guru Nandej sent Guru Six out to do parachar of Sikhi to share this message of the truth. So, what's gone wrong then? What's happened in between then? Yeah, Guru, Guru Nanak Dev Ji up went and disrupted the norm, the norm right? Mm. They went and, and got death threats. Guru Nanak Dev Ji, Guru Nanak Dev Ji went to Makkah, Guru Nanak Dev Ji went to Baghdad, Guru Nanak Dev Ji went all over the world and told people to their face, what you're doing isn't helpful. Mm. And what you're doing isn't getting you the reward you think you're going to get it to do. Mm-hmm. Do this instead. And there's many Shabads. Uh, one Shabad that comes to mind <laughs> is when Guru Nanak Dev Ji actually went to uh, Makkah or Mecca and at that point, um, Jeevan Ghazi, who actually kicked Guru Nanak Dev Ji's feet, called him a gafir and said, you know, why, have you, why are you sleeping? Wake up uh, before the whole Gaba moving thing happened. And at that point, Guru Nanak Dev Ji um, responded with a Shabad. The Shabad um, is, uh, it's on Ang 141. <laughs> So here, Gurunan Dev Ji is actually identifying the things that are required for, of someone in Islam and saying that these things are of no use. Instead, you should do this. So what does Gurunan Dev Ji say? They first say, uh, the namaz that you read, the five prayers. Instead of doing that, turn your namaz into truth. Guru Sahib's here says, uh, So turn it into your such. So the first namaz, the first prayer you read, instead of that, just uh, adopt truth and that will be more powerful. What's the second one? Guru Sahib here says halal and this isn't halal referring to halal meat. The root word of halal in this sense means honest living. So as you say, so Guru Sahib says, so instead of the second one, take on an honest life and an honest living, earn an honest living, don't rob, don't steal. And then with the third one, Guru Sahib says, Kar, 
In the name of Khuda, in the name of Wahiguru, do care, do charity, do true charity. The fourth one is Ras, which is goodwill. Have a good nature to everyone and try to see Wahiguru within everyone, but also try to treat everyone the same. Because at that point, this is very relevant in Makkah, they were discriminating against Guru Nanak Dev Ji and anyone else that would come because they weren't a Muslim. And also, we see from the questions at that point about are Muslims better, are Hindus better, there was clear discrimination from the people of that time and still happens today um, because they're non-Muslim. So here Guru Nanak Dev Ji is saying that instead of the fourth one, instead of your fourth namaz, abandon that and adopt a goodwill to everyone. That will get you closer to Wahiguru. And the fifth one, Banjiwi Sifat Sanai. Do the sift, do the praise of Wahiguru. So here Guru Nanak Dev Ji is, and, and some people say Guru Nanak Dev Ji is a Muslim. This is one of many counterexamples to say Guru Nanak Dev Ji is actually opposing the things that Muslims do and telling them to improve their journey to Wahiguru to actually meet God and become better people by adopting these five things. Mm-hmm. And this was one of the Shabbas Guru Nanak Dev Ji Ocharand said when they were speaking to the Ghazi Jeevan at Makkah. And it's quite interesting because if you look at one of the sources for that, uh, Guru Bani Arth Pandar, it's very interest, interesting because the Ghazi that asked him the question, they were actually saying to Guru Saji, why don't you read the namaz? Why don't you read the Panj namaz then, right? Yeah. And this was their response. Yeah, because they were trying to get him up, Guru Nanak to get up and say, oh, it's time for namaz, wake up, right? Yeah, and, and the interesting point there is that, look, you know, like in today's world then, when people say to us, why don't you become, or they may say to somebody else, why don't you become Muslim? Like you said, when you were a kid, right? Look at Guru Nanak's response. Yeah, and this is one of many, like, I've got, mm. we've got a whole document of things and, that Guru Nanak The, the point I'm up. trying to get out here is that, for example, if you go back that many years ago, Sikhi, obviously we don't go out to forcefully convert. No. Right? We're not here to forcefully convert, but we are here to guide or push people towards the truth, right? 100%. So Sikhs were not afraid of going out there to different parts of the world, right? And actually spreading the message of Sikhi. So when... Maybe even six watching this video may say, but we don't do that. Because I remember once I went to do, we went to do Sri Parachar uh, back in uh, Elian Broadway. Uh, this is about uh, six years ago. And uh, there was actually a, a sick uh, lady that came up to us and she goes, you should be ashamed of yourselves. She goes, this is what the Muslims do. They go and they preach about their religion. Sikhi doesn't do that. Sikhi doesn't preach. Uh, even though preaching has got a very negative connotation to yeah, it. Yeah, that's the problem. But Guru Nandaji sent out Six, we hear about the Bai, the Bai Manjia system that you'll speak about in, yeah. as well. Uh, the 22, you could say, um, Manjia that was set up. A Manjia is simply what somebody will sit on yeah. and they'll do Parajar, they'll just, um, share the truth, yeah. uh, Sikhi in that respect. Uh, but even in Guru Nandaji's times, Guru Nandaji sent Guru Six across, you could say, the whole world, across Asia, and they will spread this truth of Sikhi. Now, don't just keep it here. Spread it to the whole world. So for six listening to this, if we were to read like, the hearts of history, actually, we would do the same thing. We'd go out and spread the message, but probably just in a much nicer way and not try to, you know, um, manipulate, put, people. manipulate people, put them down. But again, like we said with the, the flower analogy, the petals, just guide them to the truth. So like with those, the Obdesh, the teachers, good knowledge you gave uh, to that Ghazi is if you're going to do this, do it like this. Yep. What are you doing it for? Like a very famous Shabbat, Mehra Masid, that one, right? Now they say, if you're going to go to the mosque and you don't leave with Mehid, with mercy, then what are you doing? Yeah. But at the same time, that is speaking to a Sikh because when a Sikh reads that, where do we go? Our place of worship is the Guru Kar, Guru Dwar Sahib. So we leave, we should be leaving with Mehid as well, mercy at the same time. So I just want to draw that kind of... um. The comparison yeah, yeah. that in the Guru's times, we were going out there 
And we were spreading this truth. And we were very confident that if somebody asks us a question like how they ask Guru Nanak Dev Ji, yeah. the Guru will spin it on them yeah. and make them think, whoa, like, yeah. wow. I was reading the house, Guru, Guru Sahib are the embodiment of truth. And mm. even in Makkah, they responded to the Qazis using the Quran. Mm. You know? And when Guru Nanak Dev Ji said that Vaiguru is everywhere, they mm. said, that's false. But then Guru Nanak Dev Ji, uh, they got the quote from the Quran. In the Quran, it actually says that God speaks to Muhammad or whoever it is in that context saying that I'm actually closer to you than your jugular vein. So mm. even the Quran, it's written. And I guess in that sense, Guru Nanak Dev Ji is showing the truth through their own taram, hana, because mm. they've gone so far from it. And I think with this idea that we don't convert, it's sad that nowadays, the first thing, the first three things someone will say when they ask you about Sikhi or the average Sikh will say is, oh, um, we we feel longer, um, we don't convert and we believe everyone's equal. That's our Sikhi, right? Yeah. Who said we don't convert? At some point, our, our ancestors converted, but it's not conversion in a negative sense. We convert, or people convert to Sikhi to find the truth, and they do find the truth, mm. and they're blessed for doing so. Mm. So we should be unapologetic in talking about Sikhi, and we should normalize being able to articulate ourselves about Sikhi in a confident way. And if someone else gets offended by the truth, mm. then we'll try our best to to deal with that. But if they're getting offended for the truth, then that's not on us. We're doing mm. our job as Sikh. Obviously, we do that in a polite, respectful way. Mm. But our job as the custodians of Guru Nanak Dev Ji Maharaj is to continue what they've done now. Obviously, we can't do it to the same level of Guru Sahib. Yeah. But Guru Sahib empowered us with the truth. So we shouldn't just keep it. Mm. And if someone wants to convert to Sikhi, we should encourage it. And those people that are doing wrong things, as Guru Nanak Dev Ji has, has pointed out, we should encourage them to become Sikh. Mm. Because we're not doing it as a numbers game. We're not yeah. doing it to, to hit targets every month. Mm. We're doing it for their sake. Mm. Or to get some personal gain <coughs> Of it as well right So you know just Hearing this whole conversation We're having yeah. having, I can imagine somebody Sitting there maybe Who might be a, a, Against what we're saying yeah. And the key word We keep using is the truth Yeah. So what is this truth then Just a bit of recharge Between us then Like what is this truth We're on about I've got my own recharge On it as well That's but, key. Yeah so Because obviously we're saying That the good went around yeah. To spread the truth So what is this truth then That was missing at the time uh, what would your recharge be on that Just for those listening I'll flip your question slightly And I guess we can say The question Why is Sikhi the truth? Ah. For me It covers every angle Scientifically mm. In terms of historically I've already talked about Our, our, our scriptures being authentic mm. And if you look in Guru Granth Sahib Ji There's not one thing That's questionable And it's very hard to say That about scriptures Of other faiths There's not one thing That's questionable There's not one thing That's positive and there's, one, there's not one thing that the world wouldn't agree with. Mm. Not to say that we need the world to agree to Guru Sahibji, but this is how these preachers always go about where's the proof, where's the truth, right? Mm. So from a logical point of view, from a scriptural point of view, from an authenticity point of view, we have that. If you look at our history, why did so many people willingly give up their lives, their families' lives, their children's mm. lives for Sikhi? Mm. Why did Guru Gobind Singh Ji himself give up 30 members of his family and count and, and more to, for this month? Mm. Why did Bibi Satanam Gaur, Bibi Bai Guru Gaur, their parents, Yani Mor Singh and, and their Singhani, give their lives at the age of eight and six to take down a tank in Harmandar Sahib in 1984? All these people realized that Sikhi was worth dying for. Mm. And we see that throughout Etihas. So we take inspiration from that. Then we look at our history, look at the things Guru Nanak Dev Ji did, look at the things Guru Gobind Singh Ji did. Guru Gobind Singh Ji created such a rift with the Mughal regime, starting from Guru Har Gobind Sahib Ji at the time. People called it impossible. But within 100 years, the Sikhs had Raj within India. Look at what the Sikhs did in the 1720s, 1730s. They were down to 20,000 people. You had the might of the Mughal Empire led by Zakaria Khan 
trying to exterminate them. If we didn't die then, how on earth are we going to be subdued now? And one of our Kalukara's Holocaust, we had nearly half of our population Hanji. wiped out, right? And the answer to this is in Gurbani, we hear mm. that this need, this foundation of Sikhi has been established by Guru Nanak Dev Ji. Mm. And we know Guru Nanak Dev Ji is Wahiguru. Gur Parmeshir Ekwajan. Mm. Now there's no force on earth stronger than Wahiguru. Mm. Nothing is above Wahiguru. So if Wahiguru has started this path, then how can it not be the truth? Mm. And again, for other people of other faiths, they'll say this is subjective. If we look at the history, what did Gurunath Dev Ji go and do? Wherever Gurunath Dev Ji went, whatever religious establishment it was, Gurunath Dev Ji showed the truth of what they were doing and brought them to the truth of their preaching, which is now Sikhi. So in every instance, we haven't got times to go through it. But for example, when Gurunath Dev Ji Maharaj went to Hardwar, and showed them that instead of throwing, why are you throwing water that way? It has no meaning. Mm. And then also bless those people. When Gurunath Dev Ji went to Kaaba, this is a really interesting and important one. Gurunath Dev Ji, Kaaba or Makkah is the center point of the Islamic Dharam. And there's many reasons why people say they go there. Some people say they go there as a sense of brotherhood to show a oneness in community. Some people, some Muslims argue that we believe God is within the Kaaba, which is also very questionable about the origins of the Kaaba as well and the, the history behind it. Maybe we can go through that another time. Uh, when Gurunath Dev Ji went there, we see from various sources, uh, not just by Gurudash Jiswara, who are, you know, from the time of the Guru. Um, we, we hear from people like Tajuddin, who was a Sayyid, who was a direct descendant of Muhammad, who was actually someone that would read namaz at the Kaaba regularly for, in the past 30, 40 years. His own diary talks about these things. So we've got references from Sikhs, non-Sikhs, and everywhere in between about this event happening. And uh, in our next video, I'll plug it, we're actually going to combat um, this poor man who's trying to manipulate the Sakhi about Gabba. Anyways, when Gurunath Dev Ji was there, the Gabba moved wherever Gurunath Dev Ji's feet went. Now, one of the most obvious ways we take that to be is that Gurunath Dev Ji showed that Wahiguru is everywhere. So first of all, in that miracle, if you like, you can see the proof that Gurunath Dev Ji is God. Secondly, one other way of thinking about it, I'll ask you guys, if if we saw, if we follow someone's feet, what does that indicate? That we worship like them? Yeah, we're, we're, we're a disciple to them, we're subservient mm -hmm. to them. So some people even argue that by the fact that Kaaba moved, uh, according to Gurunath Dev Ji's feet, in a way you could argue that the Kaaba even submitted to Gurunath Dev Ji. Mm -hmm. So there's many, many examples. We haven't got time to go through it. And but sorry, what... just to add to that, there's also examples in their own faith, right, of the Kaaba moving. Yeah, so there's been many instances. Uh, one, Abilik Pagat Kabirji even mentions in their Shabbat, uh, again, which is a point that these preachers say, oh, you have the writings of Muslims in your in your, in your scripture. Pagat Kabirji and those people obviously didn't follow traditional Islam because of the things they've said, and we can talk about those things in, in a minute. Bhagat Birji says in the Shabbat that he was on his way to Hajj, and then Wahiguru came and met him. God came and met him and got angry at him and said, why do you believe that I'm sitting over there? I'm everywhere. Why are you coming to this one place to meet me? And we can put the Shabbat up as well. But in there are there's three three of many, many instances. Uh, again, Tajuddin um, and Sayyid Prithipal Singh talks about this in, ta, ta, in, his, in his translation of Tajuddin's diary. Um, that Hazrat uh, Iban writes in his book, which is uh, Fatuhat Maki, that he saw the Kaaba rise to crush him when he thought inappropriate thoughts. So that was, and some people might even question that, say, oh, it might have just been his mind. So another one is Rabia, who was a Sufi saint, um, on her way to the forest, 
uh, when she was going to Hajj for the second time, she saw the Kaaba moving towards her, similar to like Bhagat Kibirji. Uh, and then the third one, Hazrat Ibrahim Azam, when he went to Makkah, he was surprised to see that the Kaaba wasn't there and it was missing. Uh, and when he he thought his eyesight was going funny, he actually asked one of the um, he asked one of the caretakers there to say, "Where's the Kaaba gun? This is this is unusual. What's happening?" Uh, and he said that. He've heard a voice coming from the sky to say that there's nothing wrong with your eyesight. The Kaaba has gone to welcome a lady who is too feeble to walk to the Hajj. And this is from his own book. Um, the name of the book is called Tazkiratul Awliyaha, a page 62 written by Farid Aldin Atar, which is a collection of 96 Sufi saints and their miracles. So these are just three examples of the Kaaba moving various times um, just to make sure that no one's confused about that. Coming back to your point, those are just a few reasons why we know that Sikhi is the ultimate truth. And again, we're very grateful to be born in the house of Gurunath Dev Ji. And we should also encourage others to come into the house of Gurunath Dev Ji as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because in essence, Sikhi is the perfect formula. Mm-hmm. One, for us to make the most of our lives, but also to make the world the best it can be. Mm-hmm. Just to clarify though, we, we're not going out there forcefully trying to convert people from other faiths. No. Like Guru Sahib themselves, they went to Muslims, to Muslims and they told them how to be a good Muslim. And they told like Hindus how to be good Hindus, right? And so like even, even in uh, Gurbani, there's a Shabbat that Sarabat Taram, Mahasresht Taram, Harko Naam Jap Nirmal Karam, right? That the highest faith of all is the one that Japs Naam, right? The one that recites, the, the connects with the Vaiguru. Yeah. And so another point you could say for the truth of Sikhi is that we have this experience. You can experience Vaiguru, right? And there's so many different saints and Gursikhs in, in our history, even living now today, who have this experience daily on a on a daily basis, right? So it's not even a subjective thing or anything like that. You can ex- we're saying Sikhi is giving us the power to experience God, Anji. right? And so I think that's and on every single like ang you could say every single in our scriptures, Guru Sahib says again that Japanam Japanam, right? Anji. So that how can how are we can it not be the highest? And and also just to add to that, just in case anyone's being confused, yes, <laughs> Sikhi is so beautiful that. Guru Sahib has created this 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 normal path of Sikhi and taking Amrit. But at the same time, is looking out for other people of other faiths as well. That's not to be too confused to say that Guru Sahib isn't saying become a Sikh, mm-hmm. because we know that Guru Gobind Singh Maharaj created this this path of Amrit. And within Anand Sahib, we hear that Amrit is the highest form, and even the demigods, the Dev, they are, are yearning for Amrit. Mm-hmm. So yes, even though Gurbani talks about tells a Muslim how to be a proper Muslim, which isn't even the way of a Muslim in today's world. Mm. If that makes sense, Sana. Mm. Um, so you could argue, and Guru Nanak Dev Jiyab says that Guru Sahib is telling Muslims to be good Muslims or Hindus to be good Hindus by abandoning the practices that make them a Muslim or make them a Hindu. Yeah, the false so, practices. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's really important. We shouldn't shy away from that fact because that's mm. what Guru Sahib is saying. We're not saying it, Hana. Mm. Um, and again, we know that the, the, the foundation to the path of Wahiguru is Amrath. Mm. And we've seen this in many parts of Aitihas, many Mahapuruks, many great saints. And within Ananda, it comes Suranar Munajan Amrit Lurte, so Amrit Gurte Paya. That every type of being, even the demigods, people with spiritual powers, even though they might amass certain powers, they never quite get what they're looking for. They never quite get to the top. They never quite get to, to Sachkhand or to meet Wahiguru because Amrit Lurte, they're all mm. after Amrit. So Amrit Gurte Paya, you only get Amrit from the Guru. Mm. And to get Amrit from the Guru, you have to be a Sikh. Mm. So I don't think we should shy away from the fact that we believe Sikhi is the truth mm. uh, and encourage people, but in a very respectful way. And if someone disagrees on something with us, then we still love them the same. Mm. I think that's the main importance here. We can agree to disagree. If someone doesn't want to follow Sikhi, then that's absolutely fine. 
Let's still get on and let's let's make the most of the time we have together. You know, just another uh, idea. Uh, a lot of Muslims, I've heard them say that the term Muslim, it means submission, right? Submission to, to Allah, to God. Yeah. And so that's why they say, oh, Guru Nanak Dev Ji was uh, a Muslim because they were submitting. But we don't believe that. We believe they were God themselves, right? They were Parmesha, right? Yeah. And then they even use this argument for Jesus. They say he submitted, so he was Muslim, was right. But then if we flipped it, we could say, what does a Sikh mean? Yeah. A Sikh means a disciple, right? Yeah. They're all disciples of the Prophet Muhammad. So technically they're Sikhs then. Yeah, and using the same logic. hundred percent. And yeah, um, I believe the 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 meaning of Muslim means someone that accept, accepts God's will. Mm. Uh, and according to Guru Gobind Singh Maharaj, uh, what happened within the Islamic faith, they all started following Muhammad. So that you could say that that's going against the term Islam. Yeah, which is what Guru Nadevji showed, and even in the Makkah story, it's really interesting that Qazi Rukandin, who's one of the main Qazis in 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 Makkah, um, we hear in this this eyewitness account by Taljuddin as well, mm-hmm. that when he met Guru Nadevji first, he went and tried to convert Guru Nadevji. He tried to issue a fatwa, which is a death sentence against Guru Nadevji, mm-hmm. when he heard about what happened. But when he went over to Guru Nadevji, he himself became a Sikh, mm-hmm. and he himself took Amrit from the toe of Guru Nadevji, and because he became a Sikh. He actually became a shaheed and a fatwa was given against him from the other Muslims in Mecca and he was actually buried in sand. And even upon his last breath, he said that my religion is Guru Nanak Dev Ji and my God is Guru Nanak Dev Ji and he left, he left his body. Mm. So there's so many examples. Um, obviously, these things aren't widespread for obvious reasons. Mm. But my point being is for any Sikh that is unsure, find the answers because they're all there. What ends up happening in these cases where people are manipulated is they're easy targets. Mm. And unfortunately, most Sangat don't have the level required to, to have a dialogue with these people. Mm. And that's something I'd highly recommend as well. I've seen many YouTube videos. What these people do, not just Muslim preachers, any preachers, is they'll get a camera in front of someone's face. They've got their lines ready and rehearsed. And, it, and I'd even suggest that people are being trained as to where to find and try and pick holes out of Sikhi. Mm. Because they're all saying the same stuff. They put a camera in, some, some, in front of someone's face with a dari and a dastar who you know, is just getting on with his life. Mm. When he can't respond, they say, look, this is the proof that Islam is superior. <laughs> My other binti would be if, if, you're, if you feel you're not prepared, don't get caught into that hurdle. Step back, say, I'm not engaging in this. And that should give you encouragement to go and learn so that next time someone comes to you, you can send them packing. Mm. Um, you so know, be wary add, of that. Just to add to that, uh, a really beautiful thing is so many people that I've known have watched the videos of Bhaidagrad Singh yeah. and they've actually got into Sikhi yeah, 100%. through that. So that's the power of arming yourself with knowledge and being uh, able to articulate in yourself and give the answers, replies to these people. Look at the impact of that, those like two, three videos, right? I don't know how many thousands of uh, youth, over a million, yeah? probably millions of youth have seen that and have, have got inspired to follow the path of Sikhi, right? Such is the world we live in. People only like the controversial yeah. stuff. Right? If it's a video on Japanese, I have no watches it. But whatever it is. Right? Um, and on that, it's important to know that uh, this isn't my project. Jagaraj Singh has a playlist with over 30 videos that talk about all these important things. Mm. And in the questionnaire, many people actually said that the Basis of Sikhi Anti-Conversion Playlist is an amazing resource. Mm. Um, we're just trying to continue that legacy and, mm. and maybe add more to whatever it is and, and develop workshops. Mm. So, you know, it is Jagaraj Singh that started this in 2015. And that was one of the things that actually made me very aware to mm-hmm. the things that people try to attack me with 
and also mm. allowed me to defend myself it, as well. It's quite funny that they put the camera in front of Jagrad Singh because they thought, oh, we're going to trick him and get him <laughs> We've out. Got him. We've and got it's got him. it had the opposite effect. Like yeah. there's so many six. And just maybe one uh, story just came to mind of uh, if some if people still have doubts, right? There's a, a famous uh, speech of Santinel Singh Ji when he asked the Sangat, like, mm. tell me one thing that isn't in Gurbani, right? Is uh, no, no, sorry, what did you say? In Gurbani, there's in, one so thing missing. There's from yeah. So there's a famous story by Santanel Singh Ji where he said, there's one thing missing in Siri Guru Granth Sahib Ji, right? And all the Sangat are shocked, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How whoa, could you say how that? How could you say that, right? Yeah, Gurbani yeah. is everything. And Sant Ji said, there's no truth. There's no lies in Gurbani. Yeah. So if you still have doubts, right, you need to educate yourself and look at all these uh, Sant Mahapurush, read read on their Jeevanis, the Gurmukh series, shout out to that, yeah? <laughs> look, at, look at these uh, these saints, how they used to live their life. What inspired them to follow this path, right? We We have to really think about that. And I guess another point just to add to is doing our own cordial research into Gurbani as well. Anji. Because a lot of the time they will take one line from Guru Granth Sahib Ji yep. and they'll just misinterpret that yep. um, a lot of times. When we did that reaction series beforehand and we reacted to uh, that guy from Malaysia mm. where he'd pull one line out from Gurbani from like Bhagat Kabiji and say that my God is Allah, Naram. <laughs> but he did read the next line where they said that actually I've announced this, I've announced that of the Islamic faith. So... Um, like whether it's a Muslim, whether it's a Hindu, whether it's a Christian, um, they don't even have, they just read the English translations and misinterpret. But us as six, uh, we should be going to our direct sources and knowing what is good Bonnie actually saying so we can counter them. So again, a humble bainti to anybody watching this, like you guys are saying, that research into Sikhi, we've got so many resources available on the internet, again, basis of Sikhi, the Why Guru course. It's a great introductory course into Sikhi. If you just watch that course, mm. it's like 14 weeks, right? It's a full uh, course from 1469 up to the present day. Uh, half the questions that people ask you, even more would just be answered because they have all the answers from mm. um, uh, from that course as well. So I think on that point, it's really important to understand and give the Sangat a bit of a flavor as to how people are manipulating Gurbani. Mm. Uh, there's a there's a video called uh, by a channel called Dawa Talk uh, and his name is Wasim Razvi. Uh, and he's from Australia and he answers the question about Guru Dev Ji and the Kaaba moving. And he it's quite sad. He even gets to the stoops the level of saying this story is whispers, Chinese whispers and just rumors, which is very offensive again. And to be honest, how dare he even say that about things that he's uneducated about? Mm. My point being, these people are very clever and they make it sound like they know what they're saying. So mm. he even quotes by Gurudashti's Wara. Now to the arms sick, they even even heard by Gurdashti's Wara. Mm -hmm. So when you hear a non-Muslim say reciting it, they think, whoa, mm -hmm. this guy knows what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. But let me give you one instance as, as to how they've just made things up to try and get their way, which is again, very desperate and very sad. So he claims, um, and I've got the timestamp as well. He says in four minutes, 26, and we can share the link. He actually says very cleverly that um, Gurunath Devji didn't move Mecca and it was actually Ghazi Rukandin's mind that was moving. So let me give you the the what he proposes and how this is just absolute nonsense. He says, Tango Pakarakasitya, Firya Makakala Dikari. Dikari. He says that in this Pankti, Makkah here, he claims that in Punjabi, Makkah is referring to Man Makkakarna, which means to 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 change your mind or to soften your mind or to humble your mind. So he's saying that. Ghazi Rukandin is having an experience in his mind here and Makkah actually, the city of Mecca didn't move or the Kaaba within the city of Mecca moved, removed. Now, first of all, that's not a Punjabi phrase. I've checked every Gosh. The mm. only translation of Makkah is the place in, 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 in the Arab land. I've checked mm. Mahan Gosh. I've checked the uh, University of Punjab dictionary. <laughs> it's, not, it's non-existent. Mm. 
Then I found out where he's actually got this from. He's got this from the Shabad, where um, Guru Sahib, uh, within Guru Granth Sahib, you hear, Manikar Makka Kebala Karadehi. So here, Guru Sahib is saying, Manikar Makka, instead of going to Makka, make Makka your man, and, and instead of going to visit Makka, visit your mind and clean your mind out rather than going to Mecca. Mm. And Kebala uh, Karadehi, um, Instead of going to a te- temple to worship, because they go to, and here you can say Guru Sahib is talking to the, the Hindus, um, make uh, focus on your body. So here, this is saying, Man Karmaka, make your mind into your Mecca, which is basically saying, instead of focusing on going down Hajj, which is in this case, I have no spiritual benefit, mm. focus on your mind. And the cleanliness that you think you'll get from going on Hajj, going to Mecca, cleanse your mind with that. So here Guru Sahib is clearly saying Man Karmaka. They're not saying that Man is Makkah. Mm. But he's just with so much confidence mm. that unless you knew what you were doing, you just take it as gospel. Yeah. And that's one of the things that these preachers have under their belt. They're very, very confident to the point where they'll make you question what you even know. Mm. And I pray that we all get this confident at one um defending these points but also being able to tell people what the falseness is they're practicing and bring them onto the truth so that, you know if you want more of that we we go through this whole man's video um there's many timestamps. check out the next video mm. to see the other parts but I don't, <coughs> it's just important to give them a flavor as to mm. how people are manipulating things so uh, just to explain that so we've done a reaction video in the past uh, based on uh, a person who was spreading a lot of um, a convert to Islam who was uh, claimed to be a Sikh before and he's con- is spreading a lot of misinformation. Yeah. So in that same format with the uh, Bhai Mandeep Singh, we're going to go through many different uh, specific examples of, of uh, Muslim preachers who are saying false information and we'll give the correct um, answers to that. So just picking up then from the points that we just mentioned when it comes to Gurbani and how people uh, twist Gurbani uh, to fit their own kind of personal uh, vichar that they have um, thoughts and ideologies um, Why do people convert then? So I think it's it's a mixture of what we, we, we On the basis of what we, we've already uh, Addressed and mentioned Is that quite often these people are confused They might come from broken homes um, Or they might feel that You know, someone's shown me a bit of attention And we find out a lot of the grooming cases Within the UK have uh, The conversions have come from a, uh, a grooming fa- uh, Standpoint So so vulnerable Especially, people right? Yeah vulnerable people And a lot of mm. girls as well That have been mm. promised false things mm. Or shown attention um, You know gifts are normally used To entice people um, And you know If a girl A Sikh girl Who doesn't know too much About Sikhi Is being showered with gifts now uh, Then you know She's going to follow The person that's given those gifts And mm. whatever that person says Is just going to sound like It's amazing mm. Because that's the ray of sunshine In her light at that point mm. uh, Which is really sad and, and people have You know If we talk to the organisations That deal with grooming cases In the UK This is one of the main factors One of the main ways They get into the hearts The minds Of these vulnerable girls mm. um, So just showing them love And then after Once they've converted Then you know They're at their mercy I was even in, is, is really quite sad and with regards to these grooming cases we've heard, heard of many cases where the girls have converted and then they're really unhappy and try to actually leave the family after but they're just stuck because of the way they're controlled and I even uh, believe uh, I read in the Quran uh, about the way that women can be treated um, which might even be reasoning for for how why these people are manipulating this way and a lot of, of sad stuff and we, we find in the Quran in the in the chapter al nisa which is the fourth chapter um, and the the verse thirty four, uh, it actually mentions within the Quran, uh, and I'll read out what's what, what's written. Men are the caretakers of women, since Allah has made some of them excel the others, and because of the wealth 
they have spent is in because men have spent dowry on women they are the protectors of them so the righteous women are obedient so to be righteous within according to the quran you have to be obedient to your husband which personally i feel is quite a dangerous and a slippery slope um, and because uh, and guard the property and the honor of their husbands in their absence with the protection given by allah as for women who you fear rebellion convince them and leave them apart in beds so stop having a physical relationship with them um, try to convince them first uh, and, and beat them if then if they obey you do not seek a way against them so beating women according to the quran which is quite scary for me uh, and i know uh, the only reason i'm saying this is because i know of, we've heard from the the things that do this seva that once they get into these situations they are forcefully kept captive um and kept at their will and then at that point it's too far where you know it's even hard for the the girl's family to get them back because of the force that's being used against her uh, and all of the manipulation that comes about mm-hmm. um and one of the things we we put a questionnaire out to the the organizations that deal with these grooming cases and one of the things they've said is that initially they'll play on the the girl's emotions so you know if it's a standard punjabi girl sorry i'm not stereotyping here but everyone wants to look pretty everyone looks wants to look good in punjabi Punjabi circles, you know, people get their eyebrows done, people wear makeup. So one of the things that, you know, generally um, Muslim boys will say is that, oh, that's so sad. You're not allowed to wear makeup. You're not allowed to pluck your eyebrows. That, you know, hair is unhygienic. Why why is your religion doing that? It's not not giving you equality. It's not giving you equal rights to females. So what they're already thinking about is, you know, why why do I have to keep my gear? So I want to look pretty. Why is this stopping me from looking pretty? Obviously, they don't understand the the power of gear Mm -hmm. and the true beauty that comes with it. But by playing on their emotions and not mentioning also um, how w- how women within Islamic traditions are told to cover up in certain ways, ignoring all of that, by getting into their minds, once they've thought Islam is the way for me, mm. after being converted, after being married, um, then it's quite a hard path to come out of. Um, and just on that as well, you know, I was speaking to someone and um, I read an interesting passage about, um, which is narrated by uh, Abu Sayyid al-Qudri from uh, the Hadiths. Which is one of the main hadiths, which is uh, uh, called Sh- Shahe Bukhari, which is one of the ma- most famous ones written by Ismail al Bukhari. And it said that it's one of the most valued books in Sunni Islam after the Quran. So a hadith is, is the saying of Muhammad, kind of like a, I guess, uh, an account of what Muhammad said. Um, and it's written in the hadith in chapter six. Um, and I'll just give you the translation that once Allah's apostle went out to the Musalla to offer the prayer um, or Al Fitr prayer. Then, then he passed by the woman and said, O woman, give alms, as I have seen that the majority of dwellers of hellfire were you, women. They asked, Why is it so, O Allah's apostle? He replied, You curse frequently and are ungrateful to your husbands. I have not seen anyone more deficient in intelligence and religion than you. A cautious, sensible man could be led astray by some of you. The woman asked, O Apollo's apostle, what is deficient in our intelligence and religion? He said, It is not the evidence of two women equal is not the evidence of two women equal to the witness of one man. So he's basically saying, look, the Quran or wherever Muhammad's got this from is that evidence is the fact that you need two women to give evidence equal of that of one man. And also, you know, worrying things for me is things saying that women are ungrateful. Um, Almost women are hell. bad when they're, when they're not obedient of their husbands. Most of the people in hellfire are women because they curse often. Mm. And for me, this, this is quite the opposite to equality mm. and showing uh, and putting women on a pedestal. Um, so this is just one thing I came across and I thought, you know, that if anyone's thinking about converting to Islam, definitely do your research first 
because you know for me there are some questionable things obviously that's why i'm not i'm not a muslim mm. um but just to try and make people aware before they actually take that step mm. uh, unknowingly as to what they get into and they're finishing off they replied in the affirmative he said this is the deficiency in her intel in her intelligence isn't it true that a woman can neither pray nor fast during her menzies during her period uh, the women reply, replied in the affirmative uh, and they said um this is the truth so this is the deficiency in her religion so there's, uh, you know, a lot of, in that sense, um, counterproductive things to this argument where people say, and try and convert Sikh girls to say, you know, women are given equality or you'll be given more rights mm. under Islam than Sikh. Whereas if you look at what Sikhi gives, what Guru Gobind Singh Maharaj has given their daughters, everything, mm. you know, the chance to meet God, the same place in, in such kind, uh, the same ways to pray, the same access to, to, to everything. Um, so... Quite often when we don't understand the Guru's hukam in terms of keeping Gais and we see that as a limiting factor where actually Gais act as our antennas that help us connect to Vaheguru, mm -hmm. then we see it as a beneficial factor. Then these ploys are used very, very subconsciously and very cleverly mm -hmm. to try and get our girls to think Sikhi is oppressive. Um, and I think, you know, another fault you could say is on on uh, the Bant side, right? Yeah. Because we, we let a lot of people play on these insecurities of, of our sisters. And if we were to help our sisters strengthen their self-esteem, the self-confidence, right? We wouldn't have these issues because they would know they would have the confidence to answer all these questions, right? It's our fault. It's the Singh's exactly. fault, right? Yeah. Like we all know in friendship groups or circles, whatever, mm -hmm. um, when a BB, when, when someone's going to get married and there's a rishta up, you know, I've even heard of instances where the Singh will say, is Amritari Singh saying, oh, you know, can you please make sure she don't have much facial hair? Mm. Now, if we're, if we're creating that problem, then two things are going to happen. One, BBR will get rid of their facial hair because they want to get married. Mm. Or two, BB, uh, women, in, in, in uh, our girls, Punjabi girls, Sikh girls, will think, forget this, this isn't the path for me. Mm. Either way, it's, it's negative, right? Because one, they feel they have to cut their gears to satisfy us, mm. which is ridiculous and our fault. And we need to change that culture. Uh, and when, you know, time for Rishte or any term, any point of encouragement can can be produced, mm -hmm. especially when a BB actually goes against society, goes against norms, goes against the family pressure of keeping a case, we should be celebrating that. Mm -hmm. And she should be put on a pedestal to say, look how look how great this BB is. The case of Guru Gobind Singh Ji are more powerful to her than what the world thinks. Mm -hmm. And then maybe, yeah, that will filter down to the, the, the Nanambratari's as well. Mm -hmm. Because if the Amritaris are insecure about their hair, then the non-Amritaris are going to be insecure about their hair. So, mm. so that's on us, really. And it's interesting because another point that comes up is the fear factor as well. Especially the one thing that they say is that if you don't follow um, our faith, or in this case, we talk about Islam, they say you go to hell. Yeah. Um, if you're not a part of that. Uh, and what's very different, uh, I guess, in Sikhi is that we're not saying to you, you have to live this life and then you'll reach some sort of heaven afterwards, right? Uh, the distinction here is that we're saying that you could become Jeevan Mukt now. Yeah. So in Sikhi, we say you gain liberation in this actual present moment. Yeah. So like in Siri Sukhumni Sadapad, yeah. that person is seen as Jeevan Mukt, who sees good and bad as the same, good times in life, bad times, uh, whether that's um, Mitti, dirt, or if that's um, Kanchan, gold, yeah. seeing all those as, as the same. So I think that's a very important point to make as well. They spoke about earlier about the truth as well that what Siki is saying that right now you can meet the one and the points you made earlier like those um points that you quoted from the Quran um have they been translated if you look in Guru Granth Sahib Ji this is what makes things very different that Guru Granth Sahib Ji is not a rule book 
Yeah. Guru Granth Sahib is not going to come and speak to you about these kind of things because Guru Granth Sahib is about the Atma. Yeah. Guru Granth Sahib Ji here is saying to us that if you want to meet Vai Guru Ji, then follow this path. That's what it's. That's what Guru Granth Sahib is about. So by doing that, by following those principles that Guru Sahib is given to us, and all these points about Arna, a difficult wife, or you know, <laughs> and so on, you know, it's true, right? Because um, Guru Gansh is not um, divided by chapters. They're divided by rag, by music, right? Yeah. Which is something that's very unique uh, to Guru Sahib. But Guru Sahib Ji answers that question anyway. If you've got a difficult partner, they say, mm. First thing you learn is humility. And they say, Next thing is forgiveness. Um, sweet words, right? If you have these three qualities, you're able to please um, that one, right? So, it's just it's just showing that comparison. That we look at Guru Granth Sahib Ji. That what Sikhi is saying to us is that you can meet Vai Guru Ji now. That is the essence of why we are here. And if you're struggling in your life with certain aspects that are coming up, then follow these teachings, and they can be applied practically uh, to your life as well. And it removes that fear. Sikhi is about Nirapal. Yeah, we're we're trying to take away people's fear, but yeah. it seems like in a lot of these cases with different faiths, their tactic is fear. Yeah, you know that Benji I mentioned who was working in the hospital earlier. Hmm. One of the things that the other Muslim women were saying to her is that it, you know, you're 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 a kafir. These things she she's first hand told me these things, and you're gonna rot in eternal halfa because no, you're not accepting Islam. Hmm. So they actually tried to to get accept Islam first. Hmm. Um, and even in the in the surah, which is a chapter three within the Quran, verses eighty four and eighty five, it clearly says that whoever seeks a way other than Islam, it will be never be accepted from them. And in the hereafter, they will be among the losers. Mm. Now, that contradicts things for me because within Islam also we hear that God is all merciful. So then even amongst Islamic view, if someone's made a mistake and not accepted Islam, then how can they write an eternal hellfire if God is merciful? Mm. Which doesn't make sense. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean? So for me, it's quite a scary thing. And yeah, people do play on this that basically... Uh, from, if we're talking about just the the, the manipulation from from uh, certain right wing Muslims in this sense, is that if you don't convert, you're gonna burn an eternal hellfire. Now, for someone who isn't that versed in religion, uh, but you know maybe believes in a god, that's quite scary and that can be quite enticing. Um, so I think that's not to be played upon, and we know that's not the case within Sikhi. Yes, you know you might have to go to Narki, you might have to go to a hell for the bad things you've done, but that's not eternal because mm-hmm. Wahguru is all merciful. That doesn't mean we can't get away with things that we've done. Mm-hmm. Or we, we have to pay for what we've done. Mm-hmm. But even then, Guru Sahib can destroy those in an instant. And that's the power of Bhakti. That's the power of Nam. That's the power of Sangat. And that's the power of what Guru Sahib has created for us to overcome all of these things, which you won't find anywhere else in the world. So the main thing is that when it comes to these heavens and hells, they're, they're only temporary, right? And, and there's infinite amount of them. Like I think in the Quran, does it say seven? Or? Yeah, so I, from my understanding, they believe that there's 14 different worlds. So mm. I believe seven within this world, seven different levels of heaven. Huh? Yeah. Um, and there's even stories of, of like when they, they go to different realms and uh, they, they see the Prophet Muhammad, then basically whatever they could see, yeah. whatever level they were at, that's all they could see, right? Yeah, within Pant Prakash, the Sakhi of Bhai Taru Singh Ji, when he's talking to the other things, he talks about how uh, Gurunath Dev Ji gave Babur, the Raj of India. Mm-hmm. And at that point, kind of long story short, first Babur thought he was going to try and kill Gurunath Dev Ji. And he, when, when someone, when Daulat Khan came to Babur, um, 
Babur laughed and said, why would I go to this like Peer Hana? I've got Muhammad. And when he came to see Gurunat Devji, Gurunat Devji read his mind and said, why are you asking me for the Raj of India? Ask Muhammad. <laughs> and at that point, um, Babur said, oh, I don't know where he is. I can't speak to him. So Gurunat Devji said, here, take my salutar, take my stick. Wahiguru, say Wahiguru and you'll go and see him. And when he said Wahiguru, he, tra- he transported to Sachkhand. And because of the stick of Gurunat Devji, he actually got into Sachkhand. And Baitaru Singhji re- re- talks about this in, in Panth Prakash. That in, in Sachkhand, he was given respect because he had the stick of Gurunath Devji. And in Sachkhand, he saw Nishan Sabs everywhere of the Khalsa. Mm. And then he asked, where was Muhammad? And they said, Muhammad is, is in, in this highest level. He's outside. And there was a realm. Um, so, he, you know, by all means, we, we give respect to Muhammad because he was a spiritual being, but we don't believe he was perfect. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with saying that and, and being in a disagreement with someone of another faith, because that's what we believe, right? Mm. Uh, and we'd be doing a disservice to ourselves and our tarim if we if we tried to sugarcoat that. So when he went to Muhammad, um, there was a huge queue and all the Sayyids, as I mentioned at the front, the, the top people within the Islamic faith were at the front. And because of the surti, because of the stick of Gurunat Devji, he was actually called forward. And when the Prophet Muhammad spoke to Babur, he said, what have you come here for? Babur said, oh, I've come to get the Raj of India. And he said, why have you come to me for? The person you're speaking to owns that land. Go on and beg it from him. Mm. And then he went back down and fell at the feet of Gurunath Devji. And then Gurunath Devji said to Babur, for as long as you keep Satkar respect for the Guru's house, until then, your Raj will be maintained. And we see Babur, Hamayun, Akbar were generally decent Mughal um, leaders, right? They had a lot of respect, Akbar in particular. Interestingly, Akbar even gave a firman to say that non-Muslims can go to Makazo. Mm. Interesting side note because that always comes up. Mm. Then after Jahangir, we see the, the the beginning of the end of the Mughal regime because Jahangir turns sour and lost respect for the Guru's house. Mm. So there's so many different things we can talk about. Mm. Um, we could I, be here. I all guess night. I guess uh, for those that are listening, uh, maybe Muslim on them might get quite offended by that. But I guess at the same time, when it comes to them talking about Sikhi, it's like it's not nice to share certain. Maybe if you want to call it truths or our side of the story, yeah. or what we have in at the house as well. Yeah. And that's just from a Muslim's perspective. But if you look at like the Hindu Talam as well, uh, because by no means, not just the the Muslims, if you, go, if you look at India, yeah. we can say most of the issues we face are from Christianity, Christian yep. from, uh, preachers, or even uh, Hindus, RSS, whatever you want to right call wing, them, yeah. uh, the right wing. And uh, if we just again look in Gurdubani and talk about this idea of uh, the heavens as well, and the very famous line that a lot of six even misquote as well, the Rajna Chaho, Muktana Chaho, Manaprita Charan Kamalari, that we say in Sikhi that we don't want Mukti. Of course we want Mukti. No one's ever said that. Yeah. All right. But I guess what this Shabbat is saying, if you read the next line as well, Brahma Mahesa Seda Muna Indra, Moetakurahi Darasare, that whatever Mukti, whatever liberation Brahma can give me, or Shivaji, or these different Devte or these different gods, Demigods, whatever you want to call them, it's not equal to the mukti that Vaiguruji can give me. Mm. Right? So you mentioned this word Sachkhand, and you know, what is Sachkhand? Sachkhand is not a heaven. Yeah. Right? So whether the Muslims be in the seven heavens and they actually question Guru Nanadji about this uh, a Baghdad. Yeah. And Guru Sahib just said to them that there's Patala, Patala, there's hundreds of thousands of heavens and hells, mm. higher worlds, lower worlds. And they go, well, Muhammad Sahib said that there's only seven heavens, seven hells, or however they quote it. And Guru Sahib just said, well, I never called Muhammad Sahib a liar. Yeah. Why? Because if they saw seven, they saw seven. But there's more. Mm, right? Okay. So in the, in the same respect here, um, what I'm trying to make is the point is that there are these different types of liberation someone can obtain. Yeah. There's four types of mukti they believe in. I won't go into more, but just to state them, the facts, Salok, uh, Surup, Siyuj, 
uh, and Samib Mukti, the four types of Mukti, are liberation in different stages. But what the Guru is giving to us is a supreme type of Mukti called Kerva Mukti. Mm. When we merge back with Vai Guruji, we become one with Vai Guruji. So Sikhi is going beyond all these heavens that different faiths talk about to a state where this heaven is seen as the highest of the high. Why the old other heavens, when Guru Arjan Deji left their body, for example, when they gave Shahidi, uh, first Guru, uh, first Sikh in that respect, one that we could say was a, a Sikh martyr, the Guru led by example. Mm. And they say when Guru Arjan Deji went to Sajkhand, they passed through all the heavens. Mm. Right? All these heavens that people glorify and talk about, right? Uh, Guru, uh, Guru Arjan Deji passed through all of them and all those people in those heavens tried to follow Guru Arjan Deji to the next heaven but they couldn't because their avastha, their spiritual state wasn't high enough and they kept getting stopped at the next heaven and Guru Saji passed through all they went to straight to Sajkhand right? so we are blessed in that respect when I say we, not a Sikh but those who follow this truth yeah. right? that we can go to that Sajkhand where we sit in the company of Vaiguruji not where there's women or what these other types of enticing things? Because if you slaves want, ready to if you want that, you, if you want pleasures. that, you can have that here. Mm. Why? Why would you want something here that's already mm. in that world? We don't want that. That's not what this path's about. Again, coming back to Guru Anshayi Ji Maharaj Ji and what Gurbani is about mm. is about finding that internal peace, which comes through uh, going inside and realizing who we truly are. Mm. That we're part of that one. Just on that point about, and it just again gives us so much shalda, so much belief, and also, so much appreciation how great Guru Nanak Dev Ji is. From that Sakhi you mentioned of uh, Baghdad, Kavisan Talksing, you describes what you mentioned very beautifully. And when questioned Guru Nanak Dev Ji, they said, Are you calling Muhammad a liar? Hmm. This is what Guru Nanak Dev Ji responses. They said that, that whoever can see 14, for them, 14 is correct. Hmm. But, Whoever can understand or see that there's luck hundreds of thousands, that person's going to say there's hundreds of thousands, mm. not you to begui. So here we can see that Guru Nanak vision is is above everyone else because mm. they themselves are Vahiguru. Mm. Now I guess the question for us as Sikh is, do we want to take the shout of Guru Nanak Ji or do we want to take the shout of someone else? Yeah. Um, which is only really one answer to. And yeah, with regards to that question, the thing you mentioned as well about this um, idea of these things being promised in heavens, this is another thing that's um, used to try and manipulate and scare people and also entice people. And as you mentioned, um, you know, there's there's many things in the Quran uh, about um, what will happen um, uh, to to people that are are, are good uh, and in the heavens in in um, in the Quran under chapter seventy eight, um, the verses thirty one to thirty three. It says that there will be gardens and grapevines of full-breasted companions of equal age. Um, these servants will be ready for males. Um, they'll be virgins. They will be uh, un un untouched by any jinns or humans. In essence, saying that these pleasures will be waiting for you. However you want to describe that um, in a physical, non-physical way. Basically, there'll be people ready to serve you in heaven. But we can get those things here. Uh, money can buy those things. Obviously, it's not ideal. But if we're in a comparison... The things that are being described in those heavens can be brought upon earth. Um, what Guru Sahib's offering us are things that can't be described on this earth, mm -hmm. but we can get, if we connect to Guru, even whilst we're here, mm -hmm. that Anand that goes beyond the five pleasures, mm -hmm. lust, uh, greed, ego, attachment, and, um, pride. and pride. Mm -hmm. Guru Sahib takes us above, uh, above all of those things and makes us, um, you know, 
in a state of bliss in this world and also in the next world as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas other religions claim that we have to do something in this world to then hopefully get something in the next world. Guru Sahib's given us a two for one voucher here. <laughs> They're saying you can have both, mm-hmm. um, which is you know the power of Sikhi. So just again to to reiterate it, Guru Sahib, all of these worldly desires, right? Guru Sahib is taking us away from that and they're giving us this path of nishkamta, right? Without desire. Yeah. And that's it comes back to what Bhai Sukhdeep Singh was saying about Guru Granth Sahib, Guru Gurbani. It's the spiritual path, right? It's what's going to take you beyond all of these worldly pleasures and these things, maya, that you can get here in this life. So it's like, I, I, I'm still baffled that why do people not understand? But, but even on that point, Guru Sahib will give us the worldly <coughs> stuff as well. Yeah. We hear Guru Amradash, he said that, Nav nidhi atara hasiddi that the nine treasures of the world and even the spiritual powers, the 18 spiritual powers, they follow the dust of that that person who keeps Wahiguru in their minds at all time. Mm. And there's many accounts of this. Um, you know, But the distinction is those Guru Sikhs don't want that. They it's, follow it, comes anyways. Anyways. it's coming yeah. anyway. It comes anyways, yeah. right? And, and Guru Sahib will create a situation in our family mm. lives in terms of an economic sense, mm. um, in terms of our jobs, where we can actually, everything will revolve around us. At the moment, we revolve around the world. Yeah. We change ourselves to fit what the world wants to what we need to get from the world. Mm-hmm. The world will give us whatever we need if we go straight to Wahiguru. One quick Saki that comes to mind to illustrate this is of Baba Harnam Singh, Rampur Kirewali, in their book, Sekh Nahiya, uh, Sant Seva, Seva Singh writes, um, who, is, who is an eyewitness to this, he actually was part of it. When they were making the Gurdwara in Rampur Kira, they ran out of money for the bricks and mortar. And uh, Baba Harnam Singh said to Sant Seva Singh, go behind my bed, and in there there's a box, but Dekhanani, he said, go into the room, grab as much money as you need out of the, the box behind my bed, but don't look in. He came out and grabbed a water cash and he's thinking, yo, Babaji's got all this, this, these, these peas stacked up with this money stacked up. What's going on here? Uh, and, you know, he got enough money to build the Godra. And then he's thinking, where's all this money come from? So he goes back to have a look and the box is empty. But when he put his hand in, he felt like, Notes just crunching around. Mm-hmm. So then he asked Babaji, he said, Babaji, sorry, like, I had to look at it. Mm-hmm. And then Babaji said, I told you not to look, but because you look now, mm-hmm. whenever I need money, it just appears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> know? Um, just, and we've seen in our own lives, it might not be as uh, fancy as that or mm-hmm. as uh, miraculous as that, but Guru Sahib will send money in many ways. Even Banda Singh Bahadur, as they were on their way to uh, Punjab, Guru Gobind Singh Ji sent a hukum name to, to give the swan and to give armor, to give to give Shastar to Banda Singh Bahadur, who's now leading this, this uh, a vengeance mission, if you like, uh, against the Mughals. And halfway through, they had all these people with them, but they had no money left for Langar. Langar we must not know They couldn't buy any weapons. And they did a Ban Singh Ardas led by the Jathidar Baba Vinod Singh. And what happened a few days after they did the Ardas, there was a group of Sikhs called the Vanjari, who are known as traders. And they'd been keeping their Daswan for many, many years. And they got this Hukam Nama and they realized Banda Singh Bahadur was close. So within that time frame, after doing the Ardas, they rocked up with years full of Daswan. And that actually fueled, that actually gave... Uh, enough money for them to actually get to Punjab mm-hmm. and that Qadaj be suffered. So Guru Sahib sorts the money out, sorts, you know, any pleasures out that are going to help us. Guru Sahib will always protect us from mm-hmm. the pleasures, um, especially sexual pleasures, which are very, very bad for spirituality and lead to a very, very vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. Guru Sahib will protect us from those things, but anything we need, 
There's, there's no shortage anywhere. And I could talk again about days of instances where Guru Sahib has provided for their Guru Sikhs. Mm. Even us, right? Yeah, and just in the West, you could say that now people are catching up with spirituality and they're seeing it as such a big thing because whatever has been sold to us so far is not working. So again, if someone was to say, Guru Gan said you're being spiritual, all about the practical side, but a lot of these practical things don't work anyway if you look in the world, right? Yeah, again, everybody's coming back to spirituality because they've not found that Suk, they're not find that peace in the world anyway so it's all there from the start and i, I would just argue that sikhi is the most complete package for like for me personally what i've experienced like mentally physically spiritually everything is covered right like there's nothing there's no area where guru sahib hasn't given us what mm. we needed the, the either the knowledge or the spiritual or the path or you know everything's covered or the history us. or the history exactly yeah it's so rich. And just, just mm. to jump um, on that point as well, and I think we should move on and get towards the questionnaire, some of the points yeah. that are raised. But if, if someone was to sit and they say that we're an amalgamation of Hinduism or Islam, let's just look at the quick points that make us unique. Guru Granth Sahib Ji, our gurus, yep. our history, Langar, right? Um, equality yep. in all respects as well. To Different both. ways of worshipping. Yeah. Um, Anything else that comes again? To it's it's yeah. a sad attempt to try and undermine who who Sikhs are, and mm. it's sad that people actually believe this. They think, oh, because you believe that reincarnation is true, and Hindus believe in reincarnation is true, mm. you must have taken something from Hinduism, mm. and because you believe in one God, just like Islam believes in one God, mm. you must have taken something from Islam, which is absolutely ridiculous. Mm. You know? And I've even heard people like Dr. Zakir Naik say that there are uh, Arabic terms in Guru Granth Sahib Ji. Therefore, um, Guru Nanak Dev Ji was a Muslim. If I start speaking French, that doesn't mean I'm French. And for some, <laughs> for someone who's a so-called doctor, that's quite, it's quite uh, desperate, huh? No, say, I feel like a, a lot of, of times, a lot of things that people say are quite desperate, yeah. and it's almost as if that like, you don't want to apply because you think this is so petty. Yeah. Uh, the stuff that people use that they hold on to, like when we went to Hyde Park back in the day, and they'd keep saying, "Well, why is Guru Nandev Ji telling a Muslim to be a good Muslim?" It's like, why can't somebody tell a Muslim to be a good Muslim? Why can't they rap like just? Get their mind around that. That why just because we're not like you, yeah. What's wrong with telling you how to follow your faith properly? Again, I would even challenge that because mm. according to Sharia or according according to the Sunnah, which is the way or the 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 the, the code of conduct for a Muslim, Guru Nanak Dev Ji didn't say things according to the Sunnah. Mm. Guru Nanak Dev Ji opposed the namaz, opposed doing fasts. Mm. Guru Nanak Dev Ji opposed the things that they were doing, which mm. is according to what. It, Constitutes to be a Muslim So in that argument Gurunadevji is actually Not telling them to be a Muslim Well Gurunadevji is telling them To be a true Muslim yeah. Which is contradictory To what they believe A Muslim is mm. So I would argue that Gurunadevji is actually Telling them To abandon what they're doing mm. And become a true Muslim In that sense Which is Someone that accepts The will of God mm. and which, even is, which is the Islam of today in And that even sense. went to the mosque In yeah. Sirius Sultan Bona Saib um, Gurunadevji didn't even bow or they yeah. didn't even pray in the mosque as well. Yeah. But when they did the namaz, they didn't even do that either. So it's like if you actually look at the examples that are given by people, yeah. And actually read the background to it, yeah. They might have went to these places, but they didn't follow the practices. They actually question yeah. all the practices. So how can you call somebody X when you go there, when they go there themselves and actually question anything about that faith? It's Whether like that's Hindu or Islam. And I think with place. a lot of these things, even if you don't need a like a fancy theoretical response mm. just imagine if if i'm a man united fan and i go to, to to the liverpool stadium does that mean i'm a liverpool fan mm. but that that's the basis on the logic these people are saying because mm. gurunath devji went to a masjid he is a muslim mm. no if a muslim comes into a gurdwara today and just stands there he's not a sick 
Mm. And it's just so it's just so silly and mm. uh, it's quite it's, yeah, it's just nonsensical really. Mm. Should we should we move on to um a few things that uh, the members of the Sangat have have raised issues about in terms of what what they're being intimidated by. Hundred percent. Um. So well, just before we got onto that, actually no, we'll do that first. So um, yeah, we've talked about the main statistics, anyways. Um, I'll just read out a few things, and if you want to jump in, please do so. One person replied. So we we had a question saying, if anyone has intimidated you, please give us a bit of context or explain the situation. Um, and this one was quite scary because it was out of nothing. So uh, this person was walking to work. A Muslim convert approached me on his cycle, asking for directions until uh, and telling which way to go. Um, and it was the way I was walking. So they start walking together. He then talks about his religion, asked what religion I am. And I said sick. And then he began to say how I'll go to hell if I don't convert. I began to say to him that I'm happy you found something that works for you, but I'm not going to agree with your statements. He pestered. And then I said, I need to get to work. And I left him. <laughs> but And we're seeing like people being approached in the streets. Uh, a thing from London, you mentioned earlier, his mum mm. was walking in Southall. Uh, and a Muslim came to him and uh, came to her, sorry, and said, oh, what religion are you? And she mm. said, oh, I'm a Sikh. And then he replied by saying, no, you're Muslim. You just don't know it. Mm. The audacity and the rudeness is is really worrying. And mm. I think that we need to we need to get much more stronger. And I think that just replying to these people won't be enough. Mm. We need to go out of our way to show them that we don't believe in what you believe. Mm. Now, we do that in the most respectful way possible. But until they know that we know what we're talking about, not just about our religion, but your religion as well, which yeah. is why we're not going to convert, they're not going to stop. Mm. I think the time... Where just replying or turning the other cheek or turning the cheek has has mm. long gone yeah. because mm. a lot of these people have passed that barrier and they're they're too confident mm. and they're they're not being caught up about it. There's mm. people posting videos every day. Websites are being made, you know, every day about how Sikhi is wrong and all these falseness is just being spread. Mm. Um, another person in Sikhi, you have no freedom, right? But in Islam, you get freedom. You can remove your hair and live freely. Which we've already touched on upon, anyways. Um, but just quickly, then, if somebody was to say that to you now, if somebody yeah. heard that, what would you say then? Uh, just respond that because I know I was earlier, but why now on the spot? Yeah, so I would say that's interesting. What what religious freedoms are women given in Islam? So one thing I would reply with is to say, well, obviously you have to compare things, right? And you want to see where you're going to get the best deal. Mm. Uh, and in Sikhi, we know what the deal is. Uh, women are given the exact same access to to things in the world, and also God. And religious freedoms as men, the exact same. So there's no um, difference in terms of appearance or rules or regulations. Whereas in Islam, we know that women are asked to cover up because they're told that they need to look uh, a certain way so that they don't attract men, which for me is questionable. Um, there's an interesting um, book I, remen I read um, by Assad, uh, which is talking about the surah. Um, where he talks about, and the book is called The Message of the Quran, and he talks about the person, Muhammad uh, Ibn Jarir al-Tarabi, mentions that all righteous women, their their prize or their what happens to them as they go into the, the afterlife, um, however old and decayed they may be on earth, will be resurrected as virginal maids and will, like their male counterparts, remain eternally young in, in paradise. So that's quite worrying for me if, if, if this is true according to this man. Um, what happens, what your gift will be is to be a virginal maid, which doesn't sound that appealing to me. You know? mm -hmm. Whereas in Sikhi, man or woman, uh, you get to experience that true bliss and, and go to that highest heaven and, and achieve what you're here to do within this world, which is to merge back with Wahiguru and, and be freed from this, this pain of this life and death. And it's genderless as well, which is a key point. As in when we transcend, yeah. it's genderless. Because it's just a soul. It's just a soul. Mm -hmm. But yeah. again, these lot, in this case, are very caught up in 
uh, gender. Yeah, and, and, and it seems that this gender goes with them into the next life as well. Yeah, um, which we know it isn't true because mm. Guru Sahib talks about these bodies being vessels just on this life, and, and mm. the soul is the only thing that goes with them. Mm. So I think um, this idea about um, and then obviously with regards to removing hair, yes, there's a reason we don't remove hair, and that's. God wanting us to get the best out of this life. God isn't saying mm. remove your hair because I don't like the way it looks. Mm. Guru Sahib is saying keep your hair, keep your gifts because it's a gift I've given to you and I want you to harness that gift. Mm. Now the question is are we going to look at what the western world thinks about hair or mm. Islam thinks about hair um, or are we going to think about what Guru Sahib is saying and even science says about hair as well, the benefits of having hair, mm. the spiritual benefits of having hair, the scientific benefits of having hair. And even with long hair, if you look at the Prophet Muhammad, uh, according to historical sources, and even Jesus, they all had long hair as well, which is uncut. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think there's many, many ways of coming back to it. I think with that question specifically, though, is is mostly to do with our the Western perspective, right? So we need to change that lens of that. We can our religious freedom is keeping our hair, isn't it? It's not yeah. the uh, the freedom doesn't mean that oh you can, you can cut your hair, right? The freedom is we choose to keep our hair because this is what Guru Sahib, what God has given us. Yeah, and also uh, as I mentioned earlier, what the Quran was saying about the 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 possibility of beating your wife and when you can beat your wife, and that was mentioned that. They should be obedient to their husbands. In this case, women are given full authority to deem what's best for them. And mm. they're given a karpan. So they're not just there to protect their husband's um, items or their husband's honor. They're there to protect their own honor. And for me, there's not much more freedom that any anything in life will give you other than giving you a, a karpan. <laughs> giving you a weapon. <laughs> yeah, giving you a weapon to defend yourself and not say mm. that you are responsible for your husband's honor. Mm. No, um, that doesn't quite fit right with me. Carry on. Yeah, so um, it's interesting. Uh, it'd be interesting to hear from the Sangat, but a lot of people are saying that there's a lot of TikTok questions going around um, where people are trying to disprove Sikhi, which is quite sad. Um, uh, some people mentioned that a lot of teachers are aware of this in school, um, but they're too scared to deal with it because mm -hmm. of scare, they're scared of the backlash. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people always say to Sikhs, would you convert as a joke? Which, you know, if you hear constantly enough at some point that the nature of that conversation will change. Um, Here's an interesting point by someone. They said, general questions asked by Muslim friends. One of them called it a failed project. And the other one said, your guru is a dead man. It honestly never gets to me because defending oneself or God or the guru for the outside is again, not the message of Sikhi itself. See, I would disagree with this person in that sense. Mm. Um, I see this as noise and I honestly don't care much about it. It's great that he, this, he or she can rise above it. Mm. But the fact we're letting them get away with this is fueling the fire even mm. more. My focus you, you is you shouldn't my... act out of revenge, right? No, but you should still act out, give them the the knowledge and the justice, right? Yeah. And you... Guru Sahib Arp did, and whenever mm. in Sikhi, whenever someone ever stepped or overstepped the line, mm. they got punished. Mm. Uh, Jandu um, for his act in Guru Arjun Dev Ji Shahidi, mm. Guru Hargobind Sahib Ji dragged him by his nose, I believe. Yeah, and they put a metal rod through for his stomach as well. Put a metal rod through his stomach. And that's Guru Hargobind Sahib Ji basically laying down the Lord to say, if anyone and, disrespects our Guru, and this is slapped, how they dealt with it. He slapped with Jutti all the way from, uh, I think it's from Delhi, yeah. all the way to Lahore, all the way back to um, Punjab, and then back to Lahore along those lines. Everyone, he got slapped so hard in that respect that he passed that many times as well. So, um, so yeah, that's but, but an extreme example, after yeah. that example, I think mm. we need to now think I can block out the stop saying I can block out the noise to say we need to stop the noise. Yeah. Mm. Because other than if that doesn't happen, that person will then think I said it to this person, Charlie, it didn't work with them, but he didn't really care. So I'm going to go try and say it to someone else. Mm. And then it will confuse someone. Mm. So by not actually responding to these questions, 
we're allowing people the freedom to go and spread this to other Sikhs who might not be as strong as this person. Yeah. Um, other things they say, why are females forced into keeping body and facial hair? They're not. Um, Sikhi is copied off Islam. Sikhs are technically Hindus. You can only find Jannah through Islam. If Sikhs are the warrior religion, why haven't I seen them beat anyone up recently? Andrew Tate, Jannah. <laughs> he obviously hasn't heard about 1984 and the Kadku Sings. Um, Sikhi is an amalgamation of Hinduism and Islam. We've already talked about that. Um, a lot of people talk about how hair is dirty, unhygienic, uh, not fair for Sikh girls, not allowed to wear makeup, etc. Um, but then I thought there's similar things in terms of women dressing and acting a certain way in Islam, which doesn't make any sense. Um, under the phrase of decency and modesty for women. Um, so for us, if we have to cover our gears, so do women. And I, the decency and modesty goes to both of us. Mm. We can't walk into a god that are with shorts and showing off our legs. And I, um, <laughs> so it works the both ways. Um, a lot of people from the com from the what they'd like to see from us from the conversion questionnaire said that they were a big fan of an anti-conversion leaflet and workshops. So Guru Kirpa, that's something we'll start trying to work on. Just lastly, um, from the a few of the organizations that work with grooming cases directly, this was their responses to the things I mentioned about. Uh, and people that have you people have said these things in order to try and coerce and manipulate Sikh girls. Sikhi states that all humans and faiths are equal. Therefore, it's fine to marry a Muslim or non-Sikh. If your parents are against you marrying a Muslim, they are not true Sikhs. Again, we can see how manipulative and confusing this is. Mm. We've already addressed the point about all, all faiths aren't equal. We believe the light of God is in everyone and we should treat everyone with respect. That doesn't mean all faiths are equal. Mm. And within Guru Gobind Singh's hukams, it's said that you know um, a child of a Sikh should always be given in marriage to another child of a Sikh. Mm. So again... Another way of getting into someone's head. Um, someone said, uh, other things that I use to coerce other people is that my relative, my friend used to be a Sikh, but then they found Islam. And, you know, these these organizations have found these, these cults to actually be lies, but they're just used to try and coerce and assert dominance over the individual. Um, there's a lot here in terms of how Muslim girl, uh, Sikh girls in particular are being uh, converted. Um, I'll just quickly read this out and then I think we'll finish off if that's okay because mm. it's it gives a whole view as to what the picture is. So Muslim males will often undermine Sikh males in the school college workplace through tactics such as constant ridicule, teasing, bullying, name calling with racial undertones and physical abuse. This will be purposely done in full view of the Sikh females to give the perception that the Muslim males are more dominant. The Muslim males will then form friendships with the Sikh girls. This is often supported by Muslim friends of the Sikh girl who will reiterate to her how much of a good guy the Muslim male is. The Muslims may then shower the Sikh girl with gifts, cash, visits to high-end restaurants, shisha bars, clubs, and etc., in order to win favor, as we mentioned. Both the male and female Muslims will raise questions, points similar to those aforementioned above. Question one, in an attempt to chip away at the Sikh girl's faith, the Muslims will also simultaneously discuss the greatness of their faith. Both are used in conjunction essentially as a two-pronged attack. Once the trust has been built with the Sikh girl and her faith in Sikhi has been broken, the Muslims will isolate her from her friends and family. This can include a mental isolation, breaking communication channels with friends, family, or often also persuading the girl to leave home. In order to ensure the Sikh girl remains under the control of them, he will often take explicit photographs, videos, and threaten to release them to a friend or family if the Sikh girl disobeys. Mm. And this is one of the worst things, the most horrific things we've seen within these cases is the, the the manipulation of you, of nude pictures. Quite often the girl is um, um, intoxicated, she's drugged, and then she has no control over her body. Pictures are taken at that point. It's either come with us or your whole family sees this. 
And even though the family can't understand why the girl is doing this, the girl is locking this 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 thing up because she doesn't want the honor of her family or her own honor to be disgraced, which is which is which is really disgusting. And then lastly, seagulls have been susceptible to the methods over the years due to a lack of awareness of the tactics being employed by the predators. It is often naively assumed that the original intentions of the Muslims, including girls, was to be friends. Seagulls who have been trapped in such situations have often been fearful of speaking up due to the perception that it might bring shame on their family's name in the community. Again, I just want to reiterate the fact here, this isn't an anti-Muslim podcast. Mm. This is us just looking at the data that we've got. And the Sangat have said that the majority of these intimidating questions and problems they're facing, unfortunately, are from people of the uh, Islamic faith. Mm. Now, we're not here to paint everyone with the same brush. But what we are here to do is address a real problem that's happening. Mm. Uh, and there's no point sugarcoating that. That doesn't mean we go out of our way to put people of other faiths down. Rather, we're here to address the problems that are happening, where they're coming from, and in the midst of that, do what needs to be done. Mm. Uh, I just want to reiterate that out there. And thank you for raising that point. And just a, a point to even go with that is that I'm sure many Muslims will watch this as well. Uh, many might get offended. Yeah. But again, these are facts, right? Yeah. These are things that you can find out. That you can find them in the news. Yeah. We're not here to say that, um, you know, Sikhs are perfect either. Definitely not. Right? At the same time. There's many predators that come from the Sikh faith as well. But if, if we're focusing on the overall majority mm. for Sikh cases, yes. Um, obviously, in the UK, grooming mm. cases come from people of all walks of life. But if we're Definitely. looking at specifically, mm. you know, over the past 10 years, the data uh, organizations like Shirip Punjab, uh, Sikh youth have data on this, published mm. data on this. Um, we can find that, unfortunately, always tends to, to one ethnic minority. And just on that point, then, if somebody is a Muslim is watching this, then like anybody else take responsibility for these things that are happening yeah. and they should be addressing them as well it shouldn't just be us as six addressing this addressing this because if we say there are good muslims out there as well which yeah, definitely are definitely. then if you're seeing this in your community and you can't hide away from it and it should be our students together to address this stuff because mm. again we should be living together um in a, in, a, in a nice way right just like in maharaj and ji singh's raj if you look at Maharaj and Jee Singh's Raj, there was more Muslims and Hindus in that, in higher ranks. Yeah. And even when Maharaj and Jee Singh was going to pass away, even in the mosques and in the mandas, they prayed for him as well, right? yeah. for him to survive. And, 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 and even uh, national holidays were made of Eid and stuff. Mm. So religious uh, diversity was was celebrated. Even though Maharaj and Jee Singh was, he didn't, um, he did he was an Amritari, mm. but it was clear that he was a Sikh. He would go to Harmandir Sahib and listen to a counterpart every day. Mm. Um, and he was accountable to people like Khalifullah Singh. Mm. That didn't stop him from being loving to other people of other faiths, yeah. which is what we're here to try and do as well. And to try and guide them to be the best people they can be in this world. And I think you made uh, the very, the most important point actually is that the whole point in this is that from the start, maybe we start off with this religious diversity, yeah. but unfortunately other faiths cross the line. Why? Yeah, well, certain individuals yeah. from 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 the data we found, from the yeah. YouTube videos we're seeing, from the websites that are being constantly mm. constantly thrown in our faces. Yes, unfortunately, some people are taking our goodwill and good nature mm. and, and and using it uh, and walking all over it. Definitely, mm. and that's what we're basically restoring and putting those people in line. Yeah, uh, from those faiths who are crossing that line. Yeah, and obviously, this video was just based uh, on uh, attempts by. Um, certain individuals from the Islamic background in the UK 
But as we've mentioned, um, this is rife in Punjab with regards to Christian conversions, um, and also within Punjab and India uh, as as a whole over the past fifty years, we've seen the the attacks on Sikhi from a Hindu Hindu Tava point of view, a right wing RSS point of view, which mm. are things that we'll talk about later on. But the reason for this video was because you know over seventy or sixty percent of people said that it was from people uh, of a Muslim background, hence. We we delivered, but what, what we were asked to do. Good, buddy. Anything else you want to add? Maybe. I think it'd be interesting to finish with the the two sakis that we mentioned, mm. um, with regards to just also explaining why in Sikhi we've, we've been told that Sikhi is is the best. So one of the things that really you know we can look to from people of other faiths realizing the greatness of Gurunath Dev Ji. I mentioned this person called Sayyid Prithibal Singh. His name was Mushtaq Hussain initially. Uh, and he actually found this manuscript, Dajuddin's diary, and he was actually he was studying in Medina. And as I mentioned, him his himself and his dad were Sayyid. So I believe that a Sayyid is one of the highest ranks you can have within the Islamic world in terms of a, a religious holding, and also descendants of the Prophet Muhammad. So very very well established, someone that knows the Islamic law and the scriptures inside out. And as I mentioned, he was actually getting he was in Medina studying and also getting ready to read uh, the namaz at Kaaba. So someone that's very well respected. He came across Darjuddin's diary of Gurunath Dev Ji's travels and he Darjuddin was someone from the time of Gurunath Dev Ji who actually traveled from Iran, uh, Makkah, and then Baghdad with Gurunath Dev Ji. Long story short, after he read this, he spoke to his dad, who was um, a very well-respected uh, person, Sayyid within the Islamic faith. And his dad obviously was very against this. He said, Gurunath Dev Ji is a kafir. He does with his black magic. Uh, and he realized that the truth was in Gurunath Dev Ji and what he'd read. And his heart had a longing to try and find out more about this. But because of his upbringing and also the harsh words from his father, he was unsure. So he did an ardas one night whilst he was studying in Medina. And the PDF, you can check this out. It's called Taj Odin's Diary. It's in English. He did an ardas at night to say to Gurunath Dev Ji, and this was not a formal ardas, this was just like him speaking to Waiguru, right? He said, Gurunath Dev Ji, if, if your path is the truth, please show me. And that night he writes him with his own words that at night he had a dream of judgment day. So what he had preconceived and Abrahamic religions preconceived will be the end of the day, end of the world, right? So he had a dream of a judgment day and all the beings rose and all the beings are looking to the sky and in the sky, there's a golden throne, a shining, glistening golden throne with stairs leading up to it. And he says, as we waited, first of all, uh, the prophet David came out with his followers. Following him, the prophet Jesus came out with his followers. And as they came, they all stood and waited by the steps of that throne. None of them sat on it. Then the prophet Jesus came, the same thing, Christians behind him reading, reciting the Bible. After that, the prophet Moses came with his followers. And lastly, the Prophet Muhammad came with his followers of the Islamic tradition, reading, reciting the Quran. And they all stood at the feet of that, of that throne. And then all of a sudden from the crowd, someone shouted, look, Gurunath Dev Ji has come. And Gurunath Dev Ji Maharaj came and he said that the light was so bright that you couldn't even look up. And Gurunath Dev Ji then at that point came and sat on that gold throne. And all the other prophets bowed down to Gurunath Dev Ji at that point. So this was his dream. And after this, he realized that there's no one more powerful than Gurunath Dev Ji because Gurunath Dev Ji is Wahiguru. And mm. after that, he talks about his journey where he, he left Medina, he went to Punjab and all the hardships he went through, he was attacked. He was he he um, he even, even took him four months to take Amrit. Mm. He went to a Kaltakht and missed the wrong day. 
So look at that. He's a non non Sikh, someone from the highest realms of Islam, trying to take Amrit, and he was willing to wait four months for it. <laughs> we have Amrit Sancharas every week, and we think, well, maybe later. <laughs> and even then, like even Sikhs uh, tried to kidnap his wife. People that claimed they were Sikhs. So at this point, you might think someone of a different faith would think this is what Sikhs are like. But it just shows the test Guru Sahib put through him uh, and the great man he became as a, as a result. And that's why now he's called Sayyid Priti Pal Singh. So his name after taking Amrit was Priti Pal Singh. Uh, and everyone gives him the, uh, uh, the, the, the notion of Sayyid because he was a Sayyid in his, in, in his mm-hmm. Islamic life. So that's one thing to share with the Sangat. Do read his diary. It's amazing. And it tells you also another eyewitness account from an Islamic perspective from Tajuddin, mm-hmm. who was a Qazi in uh, Mecca at the time, the PDFs online, do check it out. And then you were going to mention oh, something similar by Baba Hadassah. Yeah. So sorry, uh, also, the, just an interesting fact on that, Syed Bhattapal Singh, he actually laid the uh, foundation stone of Havelock Road, Gudwara in Southall. Oh, did he? Yeah. No, so he only the, passed away recently, right? Yeah, yeah the yeah. old, the old uh, Gudwara Astan that was built before the big one. So wow. it was actually him that laid the, the stone there. My guru. Amazing guy. Good, mm. Bani. Just um, a few times in the podcast, you reference say, uh, say Kanehi as well, uh, which is the the Jeevani, the life of uh, Sant Bahar Nam Singh Ji, uh, who is a prominent saint in the 20th century. And you can even find videos of them online as well in the 1900s. And uh, the part, the part that what's it called again? How they took part in the Morchi as well, uh, the movements at that time, uh, the Tarbi of the Morchi and stuff like that. And if you read their um, the actual Jeevani as well, and a lot of you guys will put in the description. Uh, definitely read; it's a good book to read. Uh, when it comes to somebody who's just coming to Sikhi as well. And one of the chapters um, is their meeting with different uh, prominent saints, uh, you could say, or or spiritual beings from different faiths. So one is with Jesus, one is with Muhammad the Sahib, and one is with Rishi as well. So very simply, um, as is written about what happens at the time, Baba Hardam Singh Ji is sitting in a deep state of meditation. And in that deep state, they actually have darshan. They get to see Jesus, Muhammad Sahib, and the Sirishi as well. And they appeared in front of Guru of uh, Baba Harnam Singh and their faces were glowing mm. at that time. And then what Muhammad Sahib says to Baba Harnam Singh Ji as they quote themselves is, uh, um, you're very blessed to be born to the house of Sidi Guru Nanak Dev Ji. Right? And that's just very interesting uh, that they're saying that, and that actually this is the easiest way, the direct way, like we said earlier, to obtain enlightenment, to gain mukti. Right? So, uh, the Prophet Muhammad said that to him. That's what they said to Baba Harnam Singh Ji. Wow. Uh, in that deep state, when they're in that deep state of meditation, they had their darshan uh, in this age of Kaljug, in this dark age, right? And then you have the Rishi that spoke, um, that talks about, like in the different Sanatan Tarams, uh, you could say they're the different traditions of the Hindu faith, how they do different types of practices, like Hati Yog, they put themselves through great penance, uh, difficulties of, in, in order to obtain the one. But then able to do that and Sikhi is the most easiest way, which is Prema Pagati, love and devotion. Why? That we can obtain Vayuguji very quickly. And then finally, we have Jesus. And it was quite, said Jesus just said simply that their inner desires that they wish all their followers would adopt Sikhi, Gurunath, that is Sikhi. What's happened today? We've got mass levels of um, Christian Prachad happening throughout Punjab, where even just in Southall, you've got Christian. Um, Parachadak speaking Punjabi to speak yeah. to the Punjabis so they're learning our languages mm. to speak to our own people and convert <coughs> them but these are just examples so we can there's so much of this and I'm sure my priest is the way more research than we have that there's such a kajana uh, like a, a treasure of a lot of things that 
we could almost just put forward to show the vidyai of Sikhi, the greatness of Sikhi. And so actually, the points that you're making are very invalid. And I guess that's what this whole uh, um, anti-conversion series is about, just showing the greatness of Sikhi. And that actually the points that people are making are just invalid. Yeah, and I think more so, um, just for our own sake, because um, Gaudi uh, what's that Bhakti about? Hire jaisa janam hai, Gaudi badle So Guru Sahib basically talks about wasting this life, right? And mm. for the sake of uh, a seashell, you, you throw away diamonds. Mm -hmm. And for me, leaving the house of Guru Nanak Dev Ji is, is, leaving, is, is throwing away a diamond for, for seashells, right? Mm. So more so, what we're saying to people is that by all means, explore other faiths, but don't do it under these false pretenses that people are putting out. If you want to find out what the truth about Sikhi is, then go to Guru Sahib directly. Our channel is one of the greatest ways of doing that, as well as channels like Sikh Inspire, Nihang Santia, um, and all the other people that are talking about Sikhi. Don't just go off the basis of what other people that sound clever are saying, or that sound clever uh, confident are doing, because they're very well versed into how to confuse, how to plant doubt, and then how to manipulate people's emotions once they've planted these seeds. So that's our only request with this really. Um, and hopefully inspires a lot of more people to come forward, like six, to actually, in one respect, study this stuff as well, because it's actually one of Guru Gobind hukums that, of course, study our own grants, yeah. but then go out and study other grants as well, other scriptures and other faiths. And this might hopefully inspire others to come forward and maybe to relay this stuff more eloquently about Sikhi. And, it, and then we would just realize ourselves, I think definitely there's a need now for for Sikhs to step up, um, Sikh Parajadiks as well, and to kind of, you know, tackle these issues uh, that we're facing. And just by doing like Gadavi Singh said at the start of the podcast, that with those um, Hyde Park videos, yeah. the Street Parajad videos with the different faiths, um, you know, people would say to Jagadar Singh, like, why, why are you doing this for, right? But mm. they knew themselves that people are going to watch these videos. But then from these videos, you went on, people think, actually, you know what, this makes a lot of sense. Because when we questioned that that uh, Muslim guy in uh, Malaysia, I think people just realized how basically how idiotic the person is, yeah, yeah. and how just silly the stuff he was saying. It's like Giza, you're a joker. <laughs> and no, it's true though, right? The common kind London of stuff, version. yeah, the stuff they're coming out with. So then people realize that actually these points are so pathetic yeah. that people are making for whatever, whichever faith it is, and then you just give the facts, yeah, and then that will just strengthen people's sick. Then they'll come in to listen to Japji Sahib Katha. Uh, and so on, they think, wow, Sikhi is so beautiful uh, that all this time we didn't realize, right? So, Hanji, Tika, finish off there. So, thank you so much, Mandeep Singh. Thank you so much for even just um, relighting, uh, you know, the fire, this Oparala, bringing it back, uh, this initiative, bringing it back to the front. And something very important, I'm sure a lot of Sangat will appreciate this. So, thank you so much for, you know, stepping up Good and doing all this course and Guru Sajjik Kirtan that they guide you uh, to do more of this course and connect everybody. I just, uh, just, just finish the point. Yeah, if you haven't already, um, the anti-conversion series on basis of Sikhi, there's I think just over 30 videos and they're normally about two, three minutes long. So it, it's not a big ask really. If, if you're worried about how do we start learning this stuff, it's literally a three minute video. Watch one a day and you would have you learned all of them in a month. So you just have to stop being lazy as well, to be fair. <laughs> Literally. If we're being honest about it, you know, like, it, it, I don't know how more accessible people want it to be, you know? Yeah, until you learn that your house is, is burning down, you ain't going to put the fire, right? So, uh, you the there you go. Good. Okay, Ji. Finish up there. Why would you go? Why would you go? Why would you go?